Talk Brunch. Served hot. Talk Brunch Live. Rick Dara here, aka Captain Brunch, as always. Being joined with his co-host Destin Soul Glow Frazier. May the force be with you. Yeah, we're here, right? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, totally worth I just it. Just having to look up during the countdown. And there it was, because that's how late we are. That's okay though. Tardy to the party as always. Just have to gather some of the program here. A lot of stuff going on as always. Busy times. Oh yeah. Mm-hmm. So, any more trash bags going out this week? No, but oh, did I see something made me laugh? I can only imagine. Oh, let me turn this down a little music's overwhelming you but yeah shout out to everybody who was patient enough to wait in the chat rooms for us tonight all of you also on itunes stitcher TuneIn, soundcloud all of the popular podcatcher apps iHeartRadio, podcast addict of course the live feeds over at twitch.tv slash talkbrunch.com and uh facebook good old facebook that's a light news week, really, though. Yeah, it really is. I don't feel like there's a lot of stuff. There's a lot. There's a few important things that I feel like we're gonna go over, but uh, you know, it's just definitely one of those filler ones. And a couple of things I've seen over the week actually caught my interest. So. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'm right there with you. Uh, well, let's see. First thing we have, we have a trailer here. Um, this is Stephen Amell's uh, Heels. It's a pro wrestling drama. Did you hear about this? Yeah, I've been hearing off and on about this one that it was not too far away. So yeah, I did do the trailer. Um, had come out already. I haven't gotten a look at it yet, but yeah, I heard the trailer came out. Cool. Let's have a look here and see what we got. Bear with us, guys. We're still getting uh everything in here. Is our audio coming yeah. in? Uh, I don't know. Is it? I got heard earlier from the countdown. Okay, it is. Just making sure. Yep. Yeah, there it is. Okay, let's oh, God, see. That would be terrible, wouldn't it? Oh, no, just because I looked at that little, you know, the little sound thing when the mic goes up and down. It just wasn't moving at the moment. I guess because I was oh, loading in the, the trailer. Anyway, here we go. Your dad built a cathedral to a local pastime. What are you trying to resurrect here anyway? People need to believe that we can be better. Your washed-up quarterback who couldn't play in college. I'm a lawnmower salesman. It is not enough for me. Brothers sparring. Tale as old as time. People only love the good guys. As much as they hate the bad. Wrestlers. <laughs> Willie said it was better than Raw already. <laughs> You play it like at the Oh look at that, he does the Van Terminator. Oh, that was alright. Yeah, I don't think it. Not bad. It was interesting. A little over dramatic. I don't like when the wrestling stars are a little too dramatic. 
Yeah, like, let's my not taste. get into, like, Mickey Rourke territory right now. Like, right, right. You read my mind where it's just kind of like, a little, <laughs> you know, <laughs> oh, my God. Yeah, chill. I don't, need, I don't need somebody's finishing move killing them at the end of the movie. Like, huh? I don't need a still real for me guy crying out there. <laughs> what if that guy's like, <laughs> you know, like, holy shit. <laughs> so, uh, last night I was browsing YouTube. I noticed they had from, I think, about a week ago, the Dark Side of the Ring people, they put out the... uh the episode from the the brawl for all that was a previous one they did right yeah the brawl for all but also a new one kind of jumped the gun it looked like yeah it seems like what they're doing is they're teasing that another one's coming out right actually the, yeah the, the um, new season is coming out essentially the teaser the first half of brian pillman's episode is already up on youtube right right yes yeah, so i heard about that so they teased into it showing the uh last season and they have the brian pillman one along with the trailer which is another trailer we have. I'll show you guys in a second. I just wanted to read you what the uh, the season's going to consist consist of. May sixth will be the uh, season three. That's when you're going to get the full Brian Pillman episode. It's the two hour premiere, first hour, like Destin says already up there. You'll get the WCW New Japan Pro Wrestling Collision in Korea. Will be the second episode. Nick Gage will be the third. Ultimate Warrior will be the fourth. Grizzly Smith and his family will be the fifth. Dynamite Kid will be the sixth. And then uh, for the second half of the season, you're going to get the steroid trials, FMW, Luna Vachon, WWE's Plane Ride from Hell, XPW, Johnny K9, aka Bruiser Bedlam, and uh, Chris Canyon. So let's yeah, start with uh, be, ooh, be let's run that down a little that. bit. Yeah, let's start with the one we got the trailer for here, which I believe is the uh, yeah, this is the Brian Pillman one. And then we'll talk about all of them. On the explosive two-part season premiere of Dark Side of the Ring. If you can watch Flying Brian in his total element, you're seeing one of the true bright minds in the business of professional wrestling. He was on track to becoming the biggest star in wrestling by convincing people that he was the only one that wouldn't do what he was told. A lot of the boys backstage weren't really sure if this was real or if this was a work. That loose cannon gimmick, he just took it so far. He was depended on to provide for several different mothers and families, and I think that does weigh on a man. He acted as though he wasn't going to be around much longer. He used to say things like, make sure you find somebody so the kids have a father. I'm like, why would you even say something like that? He's being driven crazy at home. He's supposed to be crazy at work, and in between, he's probably really going crazy. I think that one's gonna be interesting. Oh yeah. From the little bit I had seen so far. It's yeah, Keith, it's a wild one. Yeah, Keith Thompson over on Facebook says he was just looking at some of the Brian Pillman stuff before uh, before we jumped on. Yeah, George, that is a block that's a Brian Pillman Stone Cold Steve Austin's old tag team partner. And probably one of his closest personal friends. So. Really? I I, he, I I thought he, <laughs> he I thought he was being fucking sarcastic. Flying Brian Pillman? <laughs> Wow, man, that shit makes me feel old. I took for granted, and it's more my fault than his. I just took for granted that people were noble. We forget how long, I mean, I guess we've been alive, as sad as it is. You forget how long it was since Stone Cold Steve Austin had hair. I heard people joking. I know I go to Cobra Kai lot, but I heard people joking that that Daniel, Daniel LaRusso, you know, they're like, what is he going to be? He's going to be like the next Mr. Miyagi in this. And and, and I came (laughs) to realize, no, no, not at all. He's five years older than Mr. Miyagi was as the master in this series. <laughs> Hello, bitch. 
Mr. Miyagi was much younger when he trained when he trained Daniel than Daniel is right now. <laughs> you know, and I'm saying at the start of the series, Daniel is older than Mr. Miyagi by five years. So now, forget it. We're going into a G-Chan territory. That, that, that is a phrase <laughs> where if you listen closely, you can hear the gray hair starting to sprout. It really puts things into perspective. So I, I kind of feel that way when I, when I hear that. Because, yeah, a lot of people don't know Flying Brian. But, yeah, that was Stone Cold's partner. He actually died in his hotel room just before a pay-per-view. Yeah, he was like, he was supposed to be on the way there. And then just poof. And they delayed it by bringing out Midget's Wrestling. I've talked about that on here before. That shit was crazy. Yeah, he, and yeah, the, one of his most controversial that. segments that he did was uh, there was a point where Stone Cold, I believe he was feuding with Stone Cold, right? When they did that angle where Stone yep. Cold's coming to his house. Just, it's just almost like, yeah, just to familiarize yourself, it, they kind of redo it with Orton and Triple H. Remember the whole angle where Triple H goes to Orton's house to fuck him up? So they were doing like that a, angle. That's like a tame version. Yeah, that was like a tame version, exactly. Because in this version, Brian does what... And well, to be honest, what any sane person would do if somebody like Stone Cold's coming to your house to fuck you up, he pulls out his gun. It's just that you don't do that in wrestling. He pulls out his gun. And he's like, oh, yeah, I have a gun. I have a 45 for him. He's something like that. And he uh, he points that shit to shoot him. Yeah. And, and I love how well, they did it too, the, cam- the camera cut. Didn't they get shit from USA because of that angle? Yeah. You know what? You just don't break out a gun in wrestling unless you're hood justice. <laughs> yes. <laughs> yes. There's a shout out to an indie fed right there. No, a lot of people know what just happened, but yeah. <laughs> Somebody's over here thinking, like, what is that show on HBO? What the fuck? Yeah. The hell does Rick watching his spare time? Well, yeah, you know, it's right there. Because part of the angle. I'm invested in those angles, and I expect them to be that way. <laughs> like, the only difference between Triple H and Orton and Austin and Pillman was fucking Triple H didn't beat up, like, two or three of his friends outside the kiddie pool. And there was no guy. That's my favorite part, not even the gun. The fact that he beat up one of his friends and threw him in the fucking kiddie pool. You just you <laughs> come back for that ass whooping. You just sit down after that shit. Like, no. Yeah, right. What else can you do? But yeah, Brian Pillman, I think that can be interesting. And I noticed that Vice, it's kind of funny because Vice is like doing these documentaries and they're all professional and stuff. But if someone's watching Vice that just knows the Vice documentaries but doesn't understand the inner workings of the wrestling business, I can't help but feel like there must be certain points where stuff goes on over their head to the point where they're like, what the fuck just happened? <laughs> like with the uh, right. with the Brawl for All one, there's like a point in the middle after they're talking about the matches and stuff where Jim Cornette's just like, that fucking Vince Russo always has to fuck shit up and I hate that motherfucker. <laughs> and right. it's just like, if people don't understand like, that relationship, here, they're like, what's happening here? <laughs> Like why? What happened? Who's that? Wrestling fans got to explain that this hatred has gone back years, and Brawl for All was literally just another notch on the belt. It's just so funny that even there, man, it's like it's gonna never end. You know, the never-ending rivalry. This shit transcends time. They're never gonna forgive each other for things that have happened. There are people that are that have completely lost their careers because of it, lost their mobility because of it. That are shrugging it off like, ah, you know, man, life. And Cornette's still like that motherfucker. <laughs> and there's so many people who have let bygones be bygones. Not them. Certain people are and like for, draws, for lifers, you know? Dilo broke draws his neck and they have less heat. Certain people are like for lifers. They're like the old samurai, you know? They don't, they don't, they're not going to believe in this new world at all. Like, motherfucker, I hate you then. I'm going to hate you now. And our children are going to hate each other after that. They took that then now forever shit to heart. Right. <laughs> you know? <laughs> Brett, too. Brett's another guy like that. You know, Brett's still there. Brett's 
Brett. Brett, Brett. PTSD Brett. Did you hear what he said yeah. about Triple H? I actually did. I didn't have time to grab the audio today. I was thinking, you know what? Should oh, I, I read the I transcript? Or should... word for word, you fucking say it, though. Yeah, do you want it or do you want... Uh, let's see, because I was thinking maybe we'll grab it for next week because it was mean. You know, I like to hear. I like to hear one in his it's nasty ass again, voice. It's it's once again. I hate. I hate that it's like this. It's Bret Hart putting shit in his own head and then spewing it out to the rest of the world. Yeah, but which, by the way, breaking the. Never heard in my life. Yeah, but which, by the way, breaking the fourth wall. That's I know I've said it before, but that's kind of what takes us longer on here. Sometimes why we're late because like it'll be a lot of podcasts. It's easy to uh, come on here and just read you the dirt sheets but it's like i like to go and get the thing you know like i want to hear brett say it or cornet or whoever as much as i can if it's boring i don't really care but like generally if it's interesting I, i'd rather us hear it and have the guy on screen so we can enjoy it, you know so we go and we get the timestamp. it takes like a lot of the day uh but yeah that's the reason i don't have the brett thing i want to hear from brett you know brett's hilarious right you know one of my favorites you know just completely negative Mad as hell all the time. Wondering why his hair right now. Right? Like, geez, bro. Shit, my guy. So, uh, the next one's going to be the WCW New Japan Pro Wrestling Collision in Korea. I do not recall. I mean, maybe I saw it and I don't know. I mean, I really got into New Japan like around Wrestle Kingdom 7. Yeah, like, I heard, I've heard the term collision in Korea, but I didn't know what it was, but I knew it had to be some kind of significant event. It's possible that I've seen it because I mean, with my memory, you know, there's a lot of times I'll go back to like old New Japan from like freaking from my old hard drives and stuff that I have or old DVDs or whatever I have. And I'm like, oh, shit, I knew that guy. Like, I didn't know that I knew him, but I know him. Like with Evolve, that's been happening to me a lot lately. I've been going on to the Peacocks on Evolve or the Evolves on Peacock would probably be a better way to say it. <laughs> and uh, and looking at them, it's like, yeah, you know, I forgot because I watched all of these Evolves, but who would have thought like I knew people like Shane Strickland. I always talked about him as Isaiah Swerve Scott, but I guess I forgot that I knew him as Shane Strickland, like characters like that. You know what I mean? Like you'll realize that you didn't, that you knew these guys before you knew these guys. Yeah. I think I might have told you a case of, um, when I was watching, cause I, like I said, on Tubi, I've been binge watching, uh, Lucha Underground. I'd even seen Kyrie Sane wrestle before we knew where is Kyrie Sane. Well, Kyrie, yeah. I mean, you would have to, you would, you would have had to have avoided the, the, the fucking, the, the, the island of Japan. Yeah, she, you she, know she, what she, I mean? I think Tonight, she did like one appearance of Lucha Underground. I forgot that I watched it, and I was like, "Oh, I yeah, yeah." No, nah, there's no. It would be impossible. Like people like her, and of course, Oscar. You've probably known your whole life and haven't known that you've known her your whole life. It's impossible to even come across Japan wrestling and not see certain people. There's certain like wrestlers out there. There's no way you haven't seen them. You just probably haven't seen them in the same place as everybody else. Like, and another that's another reason I take the Nakamura thing so offensively, because uh. Back before we had like what we have now, like people take it for granted. Like there used to not be always be a definitive way to know what the fuck is going on. And I mean that when I came across New Japan Pro Wrestling at times, even in the earlier days, like pre YouTube, when I came across it, you were lucky enough to come across it. Maybe you'd know a guy who knew a guy who could tell it to you, but there wasn't like a Jim Ross there. And I remember amongst all of that, like just like anything else, because I would watch anime without subs if I couldn't get subs. I would just sort of piece it together. And I mean, it's wrestling. But I do remember Nakamura being one of those guys that when I saw him, I was like, that's my favorite guy. 
And I didn't know his name for a long time. I had to like listen up for them. I remember thinking it's his facial expressions. I, I, I believe at the time he was a heel and he wasn't care. But I was like, it's the way he looks. I remember because it was like I'd never seen a Japanese guy's face look that way. Where like the way he would contort his face and look all condescending and shit. Like I'd never seen that before. And it was just like, that's fucking hilarious the way this dick. He looks like a real dick when he's being a heel, you know? Like I don't even understand what he's saying, but you could tell that guy's a fucking dick. Like no one's going to look at you like that. And the way he's like flailing his arms around and shit. Like I remember I popped for him not knowing what was going on. I was like, what a fucking, like his mannerisms and shit it blew my mind i was like i'm always gonna remember that guy like no matter what how could you forget a guy who who, who looks and moves like that you know you want to punch him in his, in his fucking face if he did that to you yeah. as a heel you know and uh so i mean the way the thing stood out back then it was uh you know you realize and uh, he was someone i remembered so obviously once we learned about him and, and who he was and his backstory it, it was even better but there's a lot of guys That's somebody who, you don't forget yeah there's a lot of guys you won't even know that you were watching all along like i i remember for a while, I didn't realize that, that I'd watched Naito for a long time. You know, like I just like I remembered the Naito that throws the belts. Remember when he won the belt and he would just throw oh, the God, shit ahead of the IC title all the hell. He, he would just throw it across the ground and disrespect it like the Naito when he first became Tranquilo and everything with, with L.I.J. Like that was the Naito. I remember when I went back to like old stuff I had, it was like, yeah, Naito. The reason I remember because he was a fucking young boy. He was just a generic black trunk guy. He didn't even have any stubble on his face. It was just a generic. The only thing that was the same was the hair. He had no gimmick, completely devoid of any gimmick. You wouldn't give a shit. It would be a match that if you saw it, you would just not even think about it, which is why now when young boy matches come on, I just fast forward. I'm like, I'm not going to remember you guys. You got a gimmick. So there's no point in us wasting each other's time here. <laughs> I don't know how many of you guys I realized I had half the fucking roster I've known for like years that I didn't realize when I come back to these. So I'll remember you when you get up there. Bye. And I just jump ahead. You know, so. <laughs> It's the truth, because I'm like looking back, like I've seen see all of them. I've seen exactly, you know, write it down. That's beautiful. That's holy shit. That's one of the most artistic <laughs> fucking episode names ever. Kid. I'll yeah. see you with your gimmick. Because when I look back at my old stuff, I'll show you one day. Like when I look back, I'm like, I can't believe all these guys we've watched. Even the ones who were like, who the fuck is this guy? We didn't know them because they were no gimmick Jones, as Taz would probably say. You know, but it's crazy, dude. Show up in the impact now, doesn't it? Yeah, no, there's not a single. I, 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 when I look back at some of the stuff, there's not a single one. Seb and I were looking through stuff uh, the other day, and he was like, "What's that?" He was like, "Holy crap! I can't believe you have a folder from 2003." And I'm looking at it like, "Yeah, me either." And I looked into <laughs> I it. And I was like, that folder before. Like, what I looked and I was like, "What is in here?" We started clicking through videos. I was like, "Holy shit! Look at this! This is like historical." I was taking it for granted, just watching random indie wrestling. We knew most of these dudes. They just didn't know each other yet. You know, they didn't have no gimmick. It's kind of funny. I have two <laughs> cases of that myself. Um, who did that pass by the other day? This is so funny because I was searching through my closet. I found my old Lockdown 2006 DVD. Fucking the first match was a three-way. No, it was two. It was a it was a six-man tag. It was Alex Shelley. Oh god, it was Alex Shelley. Fucking Jay Lethal and Sanjay Dutt. They were facing the business. Team Japan. You remember who the captain of Team Japan was at that time? And he didn't wrestle at the pay per view. Fucking Hiroki Goto. Wow, no, I did not remember that. See, I wouldn't I remember Hiroki Goto from before Goto that. Since 2006. And another case was, um, I can't for the life of me remember what the channel was. But I, I just randomly one day I found wrestling and I was like, oh, it was Lucha Libre. Fucking, I wound up watching La Parca every day, every like Tuesday for like six months. Yeah, that happens all the time and you just don't realize it. You don't realize who some of these people are until you see them. That was like that. That was how I discovered La Parca. That was how I discovered Jack Evans. That was how I discovered Teddy Hart. Like, like there are certain guys that I would say, like since the very beginning, I watched like since their 
early indies knew who they were and followed them all the way here. But then there are guys that was like, no, I had no idea that that was you all along. Like person, like Roderick Strong's probably on the top of my list of people from indie to now. Uh, Adam Cole, obviously from first match, literally his first match ever when babyface looking Adam Cole. And same thing with Kyle O'Reilly, first match. I've seen every single match. Um, Believe it or not, uh, Chuck Taylor. I've seen every fucking tr- Chuck Taylor match in his because because I've watched all the PWGs and the Evolves and stuff, and I've watched him as when he was there as Chuck Taylor. So him, Tramboretta. Uh, I've seen every Johnny Gargano match, every Candice LeRae. I mean, we're talking unless they're like in a place where there's no camera and shit, um, you know. And even then, some of those that that Stasis and I have been at front row at, you see them in the uh, in the talk front video section there, like we sometimes. So we've seen so many of these guys before then cedric i think from beginning yeah from very beginning um seen cedric um and also what are the names the war raiders now the viking raiders back when they yeah yeah, they were the ring of honor top top prospects prospects. remember they fought each other in the finals there before they were even a thing developed they beat each other up in the final i think what was it hansen that one i think Mm -hmm. yeah and And, i think about one of my favorite cases not even necessarily since he started, but I saw the begin. I watching this since the gimmick showed up was a uh, Pentagon, the Salem Yodo gimmick. I remember them developing that gimmick. Yeah, you see, a champ as a noob also. But I think he got betrayed by Chavo. He disappeared for like a couple of weeks, and then he comes back and he just starts breaking people's arms for this fucking master that just turned out to be Vampiro. Stasis, you're right. I saw the first Adam Page match. <laughs> <laughs> I remember when he came in and he was a jobber and he had the trucker hat and jeans and I had like that that music, that banjo shit. Like, who the fuck is that? See, like, I first saw Adam Page in a decade. Like, I don't know how much shit I missed back I feel then, so bad because I never thought. I used to shit on him, boy. I'm not even, I shouldn't even be admitting out here so I never made it before. What the fuck? Terrible. Charisma was devoid of this character, man. Devoid. Some people who watch that shit back here. You can't, you can't give up. You're not allowed to be out of pace because they're going to be like, how long you been following me? You literally have to go, man. I remember when you wasn't shit. Yeah, like I remember. I would never imagine you have that dramatic way. It's like, holy crap. Holy you shit. Know, you have one of my favorite finishers. What the fuck? You incredible finisher. Incredible intro. Great attire. Good look to the guy. Main event completely. That goes to show that miracles can happen outside of the E. I guess we're gonna if they ever rename the fucking buckshot layer, they should call it the all shit because that has to be your last thought when you see him come over that top rope. It's amazing when you look at a lot of wrestlers and you'll be like, man, look at where you are, how far you've come from where you were. It's just an amazing evolution. Then you look at wrestling WWE and you're like, Jesus, the hell did they do to you? Remember how good he used to be? Dude, it's that's the opposite. It's like, why they nerfed the shit out of him? Why do you think NXT suffers so much? Because that's the that's the transition. You know what's weird? All they would have to do to fix, and they can't fix the writing. It's just too far gone. All they have to do to fix the matches is to just leave. Like, everybody go to Subway or Quiznos, whatever your choice. Everybody get the fuck out. In other let words, the wrestlers have their match lives. and just and just let the wrestlers have their match. Leave. Everyone who hasn't wrestled, out. Out, 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 out. And close the door. Do your best impression of goal position at 205 Live. And you can tell that someone's doing something. I don't know the whole process. I'll admit that much. That within their weird bubble, I don't know this new corporate process. I probably know the old process. But I'm just saying within this process, you can tell that they're micromanaging it. Just because, and I'm going to use Nakamura as an example here. Here's a guy that another thing I liked about him is it always felt like no matter how small the match was or irrelevant the match was, it always felt like a different match. You know what I mean? Like it was like, oh, this guy, I, know, I have no idea what he's going to do next. Like it just feels like no matter where he is. 
yeah, it always felt like no matter where he is, you you never know what the move or the counter might be. Like, oh shit, he was over there, so he did that. I didn't even think about that. You know, and it was just clever stuff. And now whenever I watch Nakamura on SmackDown, it feels like they tell him to do the same two or three moves that they recognize. Like it's like, all right, do that kick that you do, go in the corner and do that thing, do the do the fucking good vibration. Like it, it's like a WWE guy now. Like someone who yeah. just it, you would always not be able to really know what's gonna happen, and it feels like they have the same four fucking generic moves. That that's not him doing that. Whereas back in New Japan, I think I remember watching him having matches where he hit like six or seven Mumbai's, each one from a different angle. Like honestly, tonight I didn't even bother to watch Raw. Like I, not in the sense that it wasn't on. I'm aware what happened. It was on the screen, but I was putting together the program, talking to you guys in the chat. But I didn't really look up at the screen much because they don't really put matches together anymore the agent it's not even the book or the writer the agent is the one who's supposed to put those matches together and i don't really even feel like they put matches together it just feels they like everybody i don't even know i just feel like, it just feels like everybody does like two or three moves i don't really need to look up to see that as much as they shit on the young bucks and on the best friends and all that at least i actually have to pay attention to understand the match with this it's like yeah you guys are doing like your one spot and then you're selling it on the floor for two minutes while fucking Cole's talking about, and they're showing it on the screen two or three fucking times. You're still selling, like it's like that. That's ridiculous. Right, like you watch AEW, you have to watch AEW. There's a there's Raw a line here between like selling place where you don't even have to watch it. Yeah, like there's a line here between selling and what that. Like I complain with AEW where sometimes someone will get hit with like something crazy. Like they'll get super kicked into a Canadian destroyer and kick out at two. But then on Raw, like somebody will take like a a side slam and then the ref will be counting one two get the fuck out what didn't you eat before you came to work like are you kidding me like how are you down already <laughs> did i knock the wind out of your scooter man no. you know they have to know it's like this too, it's becoming a little too extreme the psychology is broken now there too because now they're on the extreme opposite like you've seen ladder matches before where like the guy will be two minutes into the ladder match they both bump each other a little with forearms and then when the guy goes for the ladder the first time the he's crawling up the ladder nothing happened to you dude like do you understand the Shawn michaels and razor matches and the psychology like one guy be working the guy's leg and shit the whole time and now he's that leg's fucked up so sure you could do that you can't just because you've seen other wrestlers do it your first time up the ladder be going like that that doesn't make any sense <laughs> you know like what the, what are you selling that made you go up the ladder like that one day i'm gonna do that if i ever have to do something on a ladder i'm gonna be a dick and just contr- i'm a tra- i'm a transcendent <laughs> just just for no reason why not just see how people perceive it oh my god what's wrong with him <laughs> pray to god a ceiling fan or some shit don't go out because you better have the most dramatic episode of home improvement ever it reminds me of the games. You know the way in the games, no matter what, the ladder animation is the same. So if you're playing online and someone goes straight up the ladder, they look that way. It's like, oh, and they're climbing. It the only time it changes is depending on how much stamina you have. Yeah, like they only, that's what it is. Like the wrestlers only have some of the ones that are trained on. They only have one animation to go up the ladder. I, I told you the story before. I don't know if you remember, but there was a time we were playing. My friend and I, I forget which WWE was. It was one of the 2K ones. And I don't even remember who we were. But the third guy was Kevin Nash. It was a three-way cage match. Oh, and this God. is just, this, this just the AI being a dick. And I were like, oh, let's be cool. We're just casually playing the game. The bell rings and we like collar and elbow tie up. And the AI being the prick he is, he just takes Kevin Nash and just climbs straight up the cage and just went out. Like immediately. We collar and elbow tie up and he just went by and he just went up and climbed up. And when it did the victory cut scene, up. he landed on the other side. But he did like if he was in a war, like he fell, you know, and he was like holding himself on the yeah. ground. And hold, <laughs> like, oh, I just went through the most grueling thing to be able to climb out of this fucking cage. And he was like wiping sweat off. Like it was just like it almost felt like he was more of a heel, <laughs> you know, because nothing happened to you. You took no damage. That's how the wrestlers act. That damn cage. That's what that was. Yeah, they sell too much. Oh, that was a doozy, that last step. 
But yeah, I digress. WCW New Japan Pro Wrestling Collision in Korea. I'm sure there's going to be people on there that they're going to talk about that we have to know. I don't know even know what the hell they were doing in Korea. Anybody know the history of this? Right. Like, well, like I, I almost don't want to know, but at the same time, I kind of do. Like, but yeah, probably only like a week of, away. There's a couple of this, this season that I'm excited about. Obviously, the plane, the plane ride to hell because now we're going to hear 300 percent what really happened on that fucking plane. I mean, but most of the things you heard are what really happened. That's what's scary about the plane ride from hell. I guess you're going to hear it in more detail now, though. Oh, I heard details, That's, that's, that's what I've noticed with uh, Dark Side of the Ring, like a prime example of the New Jack episode. We heard about stuff would happen. This is stuff that anybody who's listening to New Jack shoots have heard. You just heard it in a little bit more detail, which I don't know if you saw. Have you seen they've been uploading um these, diff- these second versions of the episodes called Dark Side of the Ring Confidential? No, I have not seen it on YouTube. Yeah, uh, what it is, it's a oh. different take where like they'll, they'll show they'll talk about some of the details like getting the person. I know there's one for New Jack, there's one for Owen Hart. Yeah, I'll have to check this out. Also, Willie asked in the chat. I actually didn't catch it over on the Twitch. I was looking on Facebook where he asked about the A and E biography episodes. To answer your question, you know what? I keep seeing. I, I like. I, I feel like on Cornette's podcast, he talked about that a little bit, but I haven't seen them. I think there was a Stone Cold episode of an A and E. Yeah, the Stone Cold episode so far. The Stone Cold and Roddy Piper episode. Right, right. I saw trailers for A and E. They're doing their own biographies, a Stone Cold one and a Piper one. Are they worth it? That's something I'd like to know because I don't really follow the channel A and E. But are they, are they worth it? Like, are they going to tell us anything about Stone Cold or Piper that we don't already know? I know Vice. They don't. The, Vice doesn't necessarily tell me. Like with the Brawl for they don't. Those documentaries don't necessarily tell me anything I don't already know. But I like the way the information is presented and the fact that it's like new interviews. You know, yeah. It, it gives. It takes the information you already does and it adds a little bit more to it. Well, that's cool. Yeah, I'm, I'm interested. The Stone okay, Cold. Yeah, I'll Stone check Cold them out. Was good, yeah, I'll, I'll yeah I've been meaning to get to those and check those out. But what what, just... are, what is it called? Like, is it a name of a series? Like, like with Dark Side of the Ring on Vice, or is it just A and E? I think it's just A and E biography, right? I hope it's not a pain in the ass to find it. I'll have to. I'll I'll look. But yeah, I'm sure I could check them out. Lately, lately, the documentaries and biographies. I mean, I felt that way for years. I feel like that's always kind of been better than the wrestling itself for a while. Yeah, because it doesn't feel it doesn't feel as cookie cutter because it's going to vary depending on the wrestler. Like I know uh, Booker T is the next one that's going to be up when it comes when it comes to those. Oh yeah, hmm. that's going to be fun. I know they got Charmel to do interviews. But I haven't seen Charmel in years. The girl has not aged. Jesus Christ! <laughs> Good for Booker, man. I almost wanted to talk about the bad money music video just just for the laugh because that was still the funniest like, thing that we just discovered that completely on accident. Well, yeah, I mean, someone, I mean, we just didn't realize it was going to become anything. I was like, look at this video. He's this guy's rapping and he's just standing there. Actually, you know, the, bad bunny. You know, it's funny. I forgot that's first. how I encountered Bad Bunny the first time. You just reminded me. I completely forgot. Right. You see, it, <laughs> you see this is what <laughs> this goes back to. What I'm talking about how you realize that you knew wrestlers before you knew me. Like, oh yeah, that is how I knew that guy. This happened to me with Bad Bunny. You see, perfect example. I totally forgot. That's how we encountered him. I was like, oh shit, this guy has a <laughs> he has a documentary. Or he, I'm sorry, he has a rather music video where he has his arm folded and this guy's dancing around. We were just like, whatever. We just didn't think much about him. There he is. Still my and we know he's thing. coming back. Oh yeah, God, I can't wait. It's still my favorite thing, though, is that when they when they did the live performance at the pay per view, people were trying to shit on it. Like, look, Booker doesn't even look like he wants to be there. And it's like, no dipshit. That's why he did the fucking music video. That, it's like that. Uh, you ever seen that music video with The Rock? The one that says, it doesn't matter? I've heard about that one. I don't know if I've uh, ever seen it, though. I forget if. Uh, who the hell was the artist in that? It was from years ago. Oh, my God. 
I'm looking it's online so funny. now. You also I'm so mad at myself when you said rock music video. The instant thing that popped into my head when he did that Chef Boy Audio commercial. <laughs> I don't know why that's right where my head was. It was Wyclef Jean and The Rock. Oh, yeah. Wow. I didn't even know Wyclef did a song with him. Yeah, let me see if I can pull this up. Because, yeah, this is... What I listen to, you would think I'd know that thing. Yeah, I remember it was It Doesn't Matter. If you go look at that one, like, The Rock kind of looks... Because if you guys remember Nation Rock, like, he wasn't like this rock. Like, he always just looked pissed off with the elbow, with, with the eyebrow and shit. It's like, he, like, the whole time Wycliffe is, like, is, like, performing and dancing, he's just there looking like that. Like, wearing one of those expensive shirts, he didn't look like he's happy to be there at all. I go, it's part of the gimmick. Yeah, let me see if I could get a good... Nobody said shit back then, did they? No, and you're right. You know, now that you think about it, you brought up the Surf Bardi. He kind of looked the same in that one, too. <laughs> <laughs> you know, the Surf Bardi, you know, he looked like he was kind of enjoying himself. He was like, okay, bitches and boy RD. Like, man, I wish I could be the title. <laughs> that that rock had a way easier job. <laughs> right. Just stand around and look pissed off in expensive clothing. Think about how much that gimmick evolved. They don't give him credit for that. Like the, And he actually got over with that. It's not like he got over with the rock he is now. He somehow managed to get the most over just being that rock it's not that far from orange cassidy when you really think about it the original rock you know he just just kind of stands around and doesn't really give too much of a fuck about anything you know he's a real dick (laughs) just in in, it's a a bit of a different way but go back and look at original rock like when he's first with the nation he just kind of stood around like that he didn't seem like he cared too much about what was happening (laughs) so how funny is that angry denim rock and he wore denim too Nobody compares him to Warner Cassidy fucking now, do they? Yeah, probably God the first person in the Kyle world Riley to do that. It. What the fuck? Well, maybe the same thing will happen to Orange Cassidy when he's in the Hulk up. Going to be big brolic Orange Cassidy in, in freaking Fast and Furious 15. I'm trying Would to you? picture that in my head. That is an oddly disturbing image. Yeah, it should be. He can't even get, he, he's, got so many, he's got so many muscles, he can't even get the thumb up all the way. <laughs> <laughs> you seen that? When somebody's so swollen, they can't even scratch the top of their head. It's the same shit. <laughs> I only watched this video once when it, I think they showed it on SmackDown or something. But let's see. I don't want to put oh, too God. much because you know how anal they get. Let's have a look here. Yo, let's this is the Rock kicking it with time. the refugee camp. And you're about to smell what the Rock is cooking. Hey, we're jumping to the medicine. I got a pocket full of cheese and a garden full of trees. It doesn't matter. I just won the bingo. Bought a crib in Rio. It doesn't matter. If you you know what this? No, but it's on my Amazon music list now. The dope man becomes an entertainer. Lead that crack of all the I can't believe it, man. That's nuts. <laughs> See, look how he looks there. He looks pissed off. What's wrong with Braves? My shot is Wyclef. George said I literally loved this <laughs> Oh god Yo that was awesome Oh man You shit <laughs> Yo next time Yo if, if a birthday episode ever rolls around for me again This is the fucking intro song Spoiler people That was amazing <laughs> I love that visual too It's fantastic He's high school shit that might be the artwork. That is beautiful. <laughs> People wonder why. What the fuck happened? <laughs> what the fuck is what? 
What the fuck is wrong with white? You could be crazy with this one too because this has that white backdrop, dude. We could put anything there. It would take me nothing. Whatever you think of could be where they are. Like it's like the work's done for us. Look at that. That's perfect. Holy shit. Yeah, I'll keep that in mind. That's definitely a candidate. It's one of the most interesting topics ever. <laughs> and if anybody tuned in, nobody would have known we were talking about this season of the Dark Side of the Ring. No, not at all. Right? That's what I was <laughs> thinking. That's what I'm saying. It's amazing. It's like fantastic shit. And I'm going to have A&E documentaries to look forward to when I get off here. It's a great day already. Nick Gage. Who's that again? He is uh, one, of the, one of the kind of like the deathmatch guys up there with uh, the Moxleys and the Danzigs and all those kind of guys. And I can tell that's who it is because apparently Moxley is going to be doing some interviews on this one, too. Like I said before, it's an age thing. I'm starting to realize more and more because as a teenager, it probably bothered me less. I was all about the New Jack shit and the Sandman stuff. But I was also about the Dean Malenko, Chris Benoit, Eddie Guerrero stuff more. Way more. The Tajiri, Jerry Lynn, Rob Van Dam, way, way more. Super crazy. Shit like that was where I was really looking for. So I know a lot of people think ECW and hardcore wrestling and think of this kind of shit. I'm not really a fluorescent light, cinder block, throw your fucking mother out the window wrestler kind of guy. I just want to match with a lot of cool transitions and moves. Like, literally, I've told people before, my favorite match of all time is the last ECW match of Dean Malenko and Eddie. Go back and watch that match. It's perfect. It's everything you could possibly want. It can't be topped. So it's like, I'm not really looking for people to, like, kill each other in there. You know, like, oh, I'm going to stab you with this rusty peanut butter knife. Like, what the fuck are you doing? Let's wrestle. That's rusty peanut butter knife. <laughs> you know, like, what the- <laughs> And then we, once years ago, we had like a thing out here where they lit, we, you guys literally had a clip where a guy threw himself like off a building. Yes, and it was like, Jesus, that, was that should not happen. And then somebody, and then someone, someone came on here and was like, oh, I want to play devil's advocate because he's a good guy. And I was like, it's not about me. He fucking threw himself like off a thing, you know? <laughs> like, it's just not wrestling. It wasn't even my argument. He could be a great guy, you know? He just threw himself off something. That was the guy. How funny that I don't even remember his name. Like, See, it turns out. FMW, that was mm-hmm. basically like Japanese deathmatch wrestling. Uh, and it was then. You see what I mean? How it's another situation remember? where I forgot how I knew that guy. Yeah. Like, like, what was that? I think XPW. That was the place where, if anybody remembers this story, that's the place where New Jack threw fucking Vic Grimes off the scaffold. Is that the one New Jack lost sight in one of his eyes? That was the receipt New Jack had because uh, that would, um, when he lost, I think that was, it wasn't barely legal. It was living dangerously, I believe, it was the pay per view. You should never take a head bump. I know this is like. Because what it was, um, but unfortunately, never take a head bump where where your eye no longer works. Yeah, because I think what it was, um, at least from what the story's been told, he and New Jack, he uh, he and Vic Garand were supposed to go off together, but Vic got scared at the top, and Jack tried to bring him down, and Vic pulled back, so it fucked everything up. It looked like that's what happened. If you go look at that bump, yeah, because that's literally what happened. Uh, Jack tried to bring him down. But fucking Vic, like of all like of all the times to get scared when you're 20 feet in the air on pay per view, it's too late to get scared. <laughs> you fall and pray. Because right. yeah, I remember fucking New Jack went through the table feet first. Garage flipped in the air and just. And it's like yeah, ever since then, New Jack has never and will never have sight in his right eye ever again. You know what's funny? I just googled it or searched it, and the first thing that came up 
was New Jack versus Vic Grimes, the rematch, Dark Side of the Ring. I didn't even realize. I must have stopped watching Dark Side of the Ring. I didn't even realize that they did one of the documentaries on what we're talking about. Like, I was thinking, yeah, Let yeah, me see uh, if I yeah New Jack had his own episode. Yeah, and it showed, it showed that. So, and they confirm on that, I'm assuming, right, that this dude lost his sight from that bump, right? Oh, dude, not only that, even years before, um, it's a YouTube documentary they did called Forever Hardcore, where they talk about ECW. He talks about it. It's uh, an event they call the Danbury Fall. It's not even worth it, man. Like, who wants to get this fucked up? <sighs> well, at least we stood within the gimmick of Dark Side of the Ring. So Nick Gage is going to be another one of those kind of episodes. I'll go watch the New Jack one. At least it's someone I know. Yeah. New Jack one's intriguing. It's stuff you've probably already heard before, but it's interesting to hear more, I guess, detail about some of these stories. Yeah. After that, they get the uh, we get an Ultimate Warrior episode. Is they're going to talk about Babyface or heel Ultimate Warrior documentary? God, who knows? Because everyone has opposing views on him. Right. <laughs> I think if they're doing a documentary on him, the best way to approach this is to talk about the other two documentaries. To be honest, mm-hmm. because honestly, that's the elephant in the room. The fact that WWE did that that uh, what was the first one called? That I have it somewhere. Of the Warriors. Right, the self destruction where they all talk about what a piece of shit he is. Yeah, they just buried him for the whole DVD. And then we have the new one where they talk about what a positive enforcement he was. And that's after he died. Like, everything's just completely the opposite of what everyone said. Right. So that'll be interesting to see. <laughs> oh, yeah, that episode's going to be intriguing. Then we get Grizzly, Grizzly Smith and his family. Who? This It's the guy to be an old school guy I've never heard of. Yeah, I'm okay. not. Uh, maybe it's somebody I just don't recognize the name. Like. Well, I ain't got, I, I'm not going to feel bad when we have people within our demographic that didn't know who Brian Pillman was. That means that it's, it's okay for us to not know who the fuck Grizzly Smith is. None <laughs> of us are immortal, guys. You know, time has gone by. So I'm not mean no offense here to the Grizzly Smith fans, but so much time has gone by that Brian Pillman is a legend. You know, so I'm not going to know Grizzly <laughs> Smith. Sorry. You know, I don't know every Hokage just because I was born in the Lee Village. <laughs> 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 Hopefully we'll learn, though. That's what this is for, right? To enlighten some of us. Yeah. There were some people out there who didn't know who Bruiser Brody was. I mean. <laughs> it doesn't matter who he is. Yeah, exactly. You stupid joke. <laughs> it's like they went back to Brian Pillman, and that was stretching it because, you know, it made me realize, yeah, that was like, what, late 80s, early 90s? Got somewhere around that time. Might even be earlier. I'm Actually, you know what? Definitely earlier. I'm wrong because that would probably be the Stone Cold feud. Like the, the Brian Pillman flying Brian and him in the tag team with Stone Cold be way before that. Jesus. Raw war days. Even before that. They'd be in fucking Nitro, weren't they? I mean, not even in Nitro. Probably in world class. Who knows, man? Anyway. Dynamite Kid is next. We know that guy, right? We know him. Oh, yeah. Um, Yeah, I mean, that'll be an interesting one. You know, we know a lot of Benoit came from that. You know, Benoit was heavily yeah. inspired by Dynamite Kid. Yeah, I guess that'll be interesting to see. And uh, didn't he have paralysis or some shit after all? He went through something. Yeah. Um, God, I can't remember. Yeah, I think it was paralysis. Because I remember hearing about him being in a wheelchair. I remember when there was so little wrestling. I mean, not little in hindsight, but there was so little wrestling that we could come on here and know exactly everything. <laughs> you know, yeah, and, was, and I was just like, there's just so much that it's like, what was that guy again? Because there's like a fucking thousand more people. Like, it's, it's wrestling times 10,000 at this point because there's so, many, so much stuff. So, the WWE steroid trials are going to be going into the second half of the season. That's going to be fun. That's going to be probably one of the crazier episodes. That was an awkward situation that they found themselves in, huh? Yeah, oh, my like, God. Who are you telling? You I think one of my small? favorite things, though, when it comes to the story is how 
especially when they find those people to basically play the wrestlers in those little dramatizations. That's probably going to be one that's become one of my favorite parts of the show. What was funny to me, I hope they talk about the steroid trial later. Like there was one later in life. I don't know if you remember if it was a trial so much. It's something happened in baseball. And this was around the time the Triple H was an evolution where a lot of people in baseball got popped for steroids. And if you notice during that evolution phase, if you notice during Triple H during that evolution phase, um, he used to even wear purple trunks and everything. Don't ask me why I remember the color of the trunks. He was a little pudgy looking. And not only him, there were a lot of guys who normally looked like they were chiseled. If you go back to that baseball shit, that suddenly were just looking a little bit soft around the middle. I'm, and I'm just saying, and it was a lot. Go back and look. They didn't allegedly look. They definitely looked. They were allegedly popping. Soft served at that time, all right? Go back and look at the evolution. As cool as evolution was, Triple H didn't look like the way. Like, there's points where he looks way better than an evolution, right around that evolution era. And there's a few Orton, too. There's a lot of people that, if you look at them, they didn't always have that supreme look. And during that, it's almost like they chilled out on it a little bit, you know? Yeah, so so. You gotta play it cool, man. Play it cool. Tell that bitch to be yeah. cool. Yeah, play it cool, honey bunny. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so then we get a FMW. What was that again? That I believe is um, a Japanese organization that was actually. If you if you ever heard of some of the Japanese deathmaster legends, a lot of them came from there. People like I think people like um, God, I can't remember the guy who invented the deathmatch. He wrestled there. I think even Mike Awesome had wrestled there before. I know uh, Masato Tanaka, who had feuded with Awesome several times, wrestled there as well. Masato Tanaka's awesome, man. That'll be cool. That motherfucker, that motherfucker took headshots like nobody's business. Didn't he fight bears or some shit at some point in his career? <laughs> what? <laughs> We're talking about the guy with all the scars on him and shit, right? I think so, yeah. The one who always had like, a taped up shoulder. He wrestled that, what was it, uh, One Night Stand in 2005? Yeah, man. If we're talking about ECW Masato Tanaka, I'm pretty sure that motherfucker wrestled bears or something crazy. I always used to hear about him. If you're talking about the guy, he has marks all over him from wrestling bears. If we're thinking of the guy that I'm thinking of. Maybe it's just a rumor. When the fucking Mike Awesome almost killed him with a power bomb. Yeah, probably that one. He wrestled Kuma from Tekken. (laughs) Probably fucking one. I'm going to Google just to make sure. I could be thinking of something else. I was like, I'm like, I will you ever know fucking Khabib Nurmagomedov to wrestle bears and shit. No. I'm looking. <laughs> wrestle Akuma. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, like, I, I've never really watched much FMW, but that's a company I've, I'm familiar with. So it's going to be cool to hear, I think, some of the stories that have come out of that place. A, a couple of them, because it seems like this season is going a little bit more into deathmatch territory, which is interesting because that's a place... Where it's like, you know what you've seen from little bits here and there on TV, but then I guess to hear some of the inner workings, that's going to be interesting. Yeah. Yeah. It's just a few too many, though. You know, like how many times are they going to revisit that? Like, it's almost like now they're going in, they're double dipping on the shock factor, you know? Because, I mean, I know from a little bit of what I saw of uh, the trailer, since David Arquette's going to be, and I know David Arquette has gone into the hardcore realm a couple of times since he uh, started wrestling against. In fact, that might even be the Nick Cage episode. Nick, um, the Nick Cage episode. Mm-hmm. I have to see, but yeah, this is gonna be a good season. There's a lot of interesting, interesting little stories here and there. I think, yeah, like I said, hands down, I'm most excited for the plane ride to hell. Mainly because I want to see the dramatizations of that one. Mm-hmm. I just want to see yeah. them freaking have like two guys acting out 
the mole's getting pushed out the fucking airlock. And... Well, what do we know? Or what have we heard has happened in this plane ride of hell? What are the oh, things God, that you we... have heard? So, the one I always hear is, what was it? Vince and Kurt, I believe? It was either Vince and Kurt or Vince and Brock that were wrestling, and they almost pushed, them, uh, they almost pushed each other out, out, out of the uh, airlock. Yeah, Vince and Kurt wrestled. They nearly pushed each other out of the airlock. Vince insisted on wrestling with Kurt to the point where at one point, Kurt, and I heard this from Kurt's mouth. I tell you, if we had the amount of show for talk, if if we had the amount of time for talk brunch to be what I really wanted it to be, some of the shit that would come on in here. But I heard it from Kurt's mouth himself. After, so at one point, I'm, I'm paraphrasing here, but so he stops wrestling with Vince because they're right by the fucking exit. Like they're right by the lever that you'd pull where everybody would go flying out, like little, and they'd be gone. Yeah. So anyway, you see in the cartoons. He goes to the front of the plane, back to first class, and he's like seated back, relaxing. And I forget who's there with him, but Vince is apparently the way he described it, doing the equivocal to what you would do, like in Call of Duty, like when you go prone so you don't get sniped, and you're like in the fucking grass. Like he's doing that up the aisle, and the guy tells him Vince, and Vince like jumps and starts fucking wrestling him again. And Kurt's like, I just can't fucking believe this happening. That's just one thing. This is one thing, dude. That's just one fucking thing. There was a bunch of other people wrestling with each other. Apparently, um, Dustin Reynolds allegedly got drunk and he took the uh, the microphone or whatever the thing is that the announce thing that you speak to everybody on the plane and he started singing like a love song to his ex wife Terry Reynolds who was on the plane while the wrestling was going on. Fucking ah, uh, what else? Uh, what's his name? Did Scott Hall get pissed drunk. They said the Scott Hall was drunk but just asleep in his seat, and apparently at one point, uh. Michael Hayes got really drunk and he uh, was was standing in front of Linda. And I heard this from X-Pac's mouth in another shoot interview years ago. And he said that he got drunk and he was wobbling in front of Linda trying to unzip his pants going, wait a second, wait a second. Like, I guess he thought he was in the bathroom and he came close to this pissing all over Linda McMahon. This I heard from X-Pac's mouth. So these I'm only telling you guys things I legit heard from fucking wrestlers, like sitting here on YouTube God watching help a bunch us of videos. Stuff we might hear that we haven't heard like, yet. Like, I'm not even just telling you things rumored. Like, things that other wrestlers that were on the plane said is what I'm going over. Um... It was a bunch of shit, man. It was fucking crazy. Like I remember, it was literally really crazy. Didn't fucking like Ric Flair come out like almost ass naked, just in a robe and his belt or something like that? There was some shit like that. At one point, like the stewardess was complaining because they knocked over some some wine on the carpet, and like Vince told her, "Get the fuck out of here. We'll buy this plane or some shit." Like everybody, and like I, there was a lot of crazy stuff, man. It was truly a plane ride to hell. Yeah. Oh god, I can't wait. <laughs> Those were the days, man. Like once I heard about the plane ride to hell, I was like, oh, oh, shit. And then after that, they'll tell about the second plane ride to hell where they didn't even get off the fucking ground. Oh, imagine if they talk about that plane ride from hell, too. Trapped in Saudi. <laughs> a plane boarding from hell. Yeah, absolutely ridiculous. I'm looking forward to that one. We also have one on Luna Vashon. That's going to be pretty cool. The Vashon family's always been awesome. That is Gangrel's wife. Yeah. I believe a uh, former member of the Oddities. Wasn't she in the Oddities? She was in the oddities. I mean, she was in. She was a bunch of things before. I remember she was the valet of Goldust when he turned heel against yeah. Marlena. Yeah, I remember Luna. You know, she was in a lot of interesting stuff. Definitely a wrestling prodigy. You know, very, very solid. Um, good character, good ring work. Um, obviously, granddaughter of Mad Dog Vashon. I mean, that, doesn't, that goes without saying if you don't know that. Well, you know what? I shouldn't say that. 
Cause again, right. I'm saying it like a, they're like who they're people who be like Luna Vachon. Who's that? And I'm over here like obviously you know that's the granddaughter of Mad Dog Vachon. You might not even know who the fuck Luna Vachon is, but that's who it is. <laughs> you know, you'll learn. You're gonna learn today. Oh my no. <laughs> uh xpw is yeah, also that was this. um one of the other ecw alternatives yeah yeah um, there was a few that popped up all almost around the same time i don't remember the roster too well i'm sure i'll see so, it and be like oh yeah it, yeah i don't know if it had like a solid like roster but i know there were a lot of guys you would see come through there like obviously i mentioned before new jack and vic grimes basically had i believe the end of their feud there that scaffold match so yeah, yeah. So yeah, that'll be uh that's cool. They have a lot of these these indie feds, man. You're right. Yeah, they showed a little bit more love to the indies uh this season. Yeah, we'll see. We'll see if it, if it works. Johnny K nine, aka Bruiser Bedlam. I'm not too familiar with this guy. Yeah. I hear Bruiser, I think of Bruiser Brody. I was like, no, that's not Bruce Brody. Chris Canyon, who better than Canyon? Who better than Canyon? They're gonna go into how he came out of the first homosexual wrestler, I believe, right? I think so, yeah. And a little bit about how he was exploited in the business. I know I've heard some rumors about how they treated him in WWE when they found out he was gay. And uh, I believe, could be wrong, but I believe he died. He took his own life, right? Uh, Yeah, I think I've heard that it was a suicide with him. Yeah, and it had something to do with a lot of the stuff that he was going through as a homosexual in the wrestling business. I've, I could be wrong. Again, I don't know. I have too much wrestling information stocked into me, but this is the story I feel like I know. So we'll see what they do with the Chris Canyon uh, documentary. But who better than Canyon? That'll be good. Also, another solid worker. Really good character, too. You know? I remember I didn't find out. You know, it's so crazy because this happened with a couple of wrestlers. I didn't find out Canyon died until probably years later. Really? Wow. Yeah. That was with that was the same with him. That was the same with Umaga. I think uh, God, that wasn't the same with Doink. I remember hearing about when Doink died. But, yeah, there's been a few of them where it's just like I never wanted to be hearing about it. I always wonder what happens. Like, oh, yeah, he died. I was like, what? Yeah, that sucks when it happens, man. Sometimes it might be they might die on a day where a lot of shit happened, or it might be a holiday or a milestone. It's weird. Yeah. It flies under the radar like that. So that is the dark side of the ring, and yeah, that looks good. You know, I'm interested in it. Yeah, it's gonna be a good season. Last season was really good as well. So. Hmm. All right. Well, moving along. You were right. This fucking Floyd Mayweather Logan Paul shit. I think it was you who told me this. Yeah. Apparently, it's official. Really, Floyd. That was your price. A YouTuber. I feel like it's the worst case scenario that you can possibly have because I want to see Logan Paul get his ass kicked and he's fighting the greatest boxer of all time who happens to be a defensive boxer. You know what I mean? Like Floyd doesn't hurt people like that. And it's the greatest boxer of all time fighting a YouTuber. Like, How come Logan Paul gets to do all this stuff? Is it because he went to graves in Japan? I, I don't fucking know. I've noticed, right? like, with him, and it's so funny. This was pointed out to me by a friend of mine. Have you know when it comes to like, don't like to him, he never calls out anybody who's like in the shit still. Because I think Daniel, I think Cormier wanted a piece of him, and the current welterweight champion Kamar Usman wanted a piece of him. No, nah, he goes to Floyd. It's kind of like, why don't you go to somebody who go do this shit? Oh, because they actually want to beat you. <laughs> you shouldn't go to anyone. Right, like, stay your ass in the fucking forest, motherfucker. Like, you, the hell? 
You see, but how the hell is he going broke to need to take this fight? Because Floyd buys like crazy amounts of shit from what I've seen in the past. Oh, you like have Floyd, to do. Floyd will get like a hundred million and blow it in like a week. But all you have to do is have one crazy fight, right? And not spend that money. <laughs> Wouldn't that make Wouldn't sense? Wouldn't it be like so you, easy if he could actually just do that with a lack of it, with a little bit of intelligence? Like, if like, you're nah. a great fighter, couldn't you have like two fights and be like, fight A is going to be the money I spend. Fight B is going to be the money I don't. Now I have both plans figured out for the rest of my life. Isn't that well, a regular fucking like person would think? fight A and then I'm going to spend a quarter of fight B. If we're talking millions and millions of dollars, which we are, you can literally pull off fight A and B and survive. And if he actually does go broke, I mean, doesn't he know anything about investing? Say what you want about WWE, but they make you take investment classes and shit while you're there under their umbrella. So that when you leave, you know what to do with your money. It, don't you think it's a little irresponsible that Floyd doesn't have like a boxing school or something that he's done with his money? Like, what does Floyd Mayweather do when he's not being Floyd Mayweather? Because someone tell me, because whenever we talk about wrestling, right. we're like, oh, yeah, he has a school on the side. He's training this. He's doing that. What the fuck does Floyd Mayweather do? Because I'm, I'm not saying he doesn't do anything, but he was always talking about hard work. But besides the boxing, what's the hard work that his money's doing for him? Because how the fuck could he be going broke? I'd be pissed if he's broke. Don't MC Hammer yourself, bro. Motherfucker just throws money around for no fucking reason. And why? Because he knows all he has to do is say, I'm coming out of retirement, and he'll throw hundreds of fucking millions at him. He's going to want to play MC before. Hammer having to, do, having to do fucking popcorn chicken commercials. That shit kills me every time every time a fight's over and it's like, yeah, man, Floyd done for real. I told once I told somebody one day, I was like, understand something right now. Your boy fake retires, all right? He has a price tag. He's not retired. He's just gonna sit on his ass till somebody hits that price tag and he'll be back. Oh no, man, he ain't coming back. He retired this time. And then he came back to fight Connor. Oh no, he ain't coming back. And now he is just fucking appalled. Like, really? It's unbelievable. I swear, fucking Terry Funk's retirement is more legit than this shit. So Logan Paul tweeted this out. I guess it's a video of this. Oh, goody. What the hell this is. June 6th, ladies and gentlemen. Make sure you got something else to do. God help you stuck watching this shit. Listen, most importantly, be sure to share the link to your peers. (laughs) Don't let them screw you over. That's all I'm saying. (laughs) Yo, isn't it sad that, like, these are the fights that you hear about when you hear people talking about boxing now? That's why we don't talk about boxing on here anymore. Like, I mean, fucking UFC 261 just passed not long ago. Amazing fights. Fantastic victories. And boxing's got fucking Logan Paul and Floyd Mayweather. Nope, we don't talk about boxing anymore, and we used to. Think about it. We used to talk about boxing on here. It's like, God, at least with the UFC, occasionally we'll go back to it. Not the boxing. No. That's what I meant when I said share the links. You know, you got to do what you got to do, man. They want your money. King Quest, I wouldn't even waste one of those sites on this shit. Because that's time you can't get back. Wait for the GIF. Right. Wait for the YouTube highlights. Yeah, that's it's nothing exciting going on anymore. You notice that? They yeah, just want to money bait you. <laughs> I mean, I guess that's smart business on their part. Because yeah, somebody else will buy it. Just shitty business on our part. 
There's people yeah, out no there action. thinking all the boxing still alive and well. It's like, no, it's not. It's fucking dying. Somebody needs to pull the plug. Unbelievable, man. Yeah, so I'm not excited about this at all. At all. I wasn't even acknowledging its existence until just now. I knew it was happening, but it was just like, nope, out of my head. Okay. Let's move on. What else do we got on the program that could be of any use? Well, somebody came out in the news today. Yes! <laughs> Gotta follow the story up. And I lost my shit. There's a couple things here, actually. So I'm not sure oh, which one you'd lose yeah. your shit to. There's more than one Ryback story. I just stacked Oh, them. no. There's more than one? Oh! So, so the first one's a follow-up to last week. Remember we talked about Wait, where he made that voting poll? Yeah, go right ahead. <laughs> so, last week, I kicked off with talking about the fact that he made a voting poll asking fans where he wanted to go next. What was it? Was it like, uh, it was AEW... New Japan, Impact, and the last one on the list was Retire. Yeah, the last one on the list was Home. Well, like 40, <laughs> 47, 51% of the people said Retire. Well, apparently the old Reef Shark didn't see that shit coming. So he goes on his Twitter and talks about, like, um, yeah, we're going to do the poll again. Here's the exact tweet. He said, there have <laughs> been several complaints that the quote-unquote final poll has been tampered with and as a fair man have decided to run a third poll at a future date that will be official final vote. We have taken it all concerned and will make the poll as user-friendly as possible. Who so according to Ryback, the poll was tampered that told him to retire. <laughs> oh, my God. So what does he do, people? He runs another poll. Same dude, shit. Dude, what I'm telling say? you. Does, I, I said last week. I, t- I said last week that he reminds me of the real life version of the Sami Zayn gimmick, right? Where he comes in and there's always yes. somebody after him. <laughs> He's the kicker. Last, last time he did this, what, 47 or 51%, somewhere around that. This time, 61% of people wanted to retire. Wait a minute, the vote happened again? Yes, he put people voted again. And even more people went to retire. You should do another I, one. I don't think that's the true one. I saw this shit. I was fucking crying. Because I was like, yo, you literally just started to say, no, it wasn't a real vote that time. And then they did it more. He right back. Right back. If you're hearing this, off. right back. If you hear this, I don't think that was the real one either. It's time to go again. <laughs> I think this next one and if is that probably going to be right, going to be as accurate as you get. You got to be persistent, man. Oh, I'll come on here God. every week with the numbers, just like we do AEW and NXT. Holy shit! All right, here's this Yo. week's Ryback numbers. He's gone down about he's gone down about three percent in the eighteen to forty nine demographic. Oh my god! Dude. I <laughs> swear to God, I thought I was gonna pass out when I fucking saw that the ship retire went up higher. And I was like, oh my god! Damn, Ryback, bro, you might just want to call it quits. <laughs> So wait a minute. So you that's the story that you had? You don't know the other one? I didn't hear about the other one. That was oh, the yeah. Good. Holy shit. <laughs> so I'm going to I'm going to just say since there's no injuries we can laugh. I don't wish harm on anyone. Oh no. But you can always laugh. It's a, you're allowed if if there's a botch, right? There's a AM if there's one of those um AFV moments, America's funniest videos moments. As long as no one's dead or injured, you can laugh, right? Once you know everybody's okay. Okay, good. 
So Ryback, his tweet, I'm going to read the tweet first. It says, this could have been bad. Direct on the head. Thank God for the neck machine. And I'm going to play it and then we'll describe what's happening in this video. Wait a fucking minute. Wait a fucking (laughs) minute. What am I about to see right now? Oh, no. Oh, no. I just recovered from the fucking pole. Oh, no. I don't know why I put that music, but I'm going to bring it back for you again. What you're looking at is, that is Ryback, right? He's in his hot tub, and I guess the wind blew the top, and it banged his head and put him under the fucking tub. <laughs> so look carefully now that you see what Boom, and that's him going under, and he has to lift the whole top off of him. He lifts the whole top ah, to get out. You know what's so bad? <laughs> now that I think about it, I skimmed past some shit that said Ryback spy camera footage. And I never thought to see him. what it was. A lesser that man would have sunk awful. underneath that man. Holy shit. If that was Marco Stunt, they would have been fishing him out the next morning. <laughs> that shit would have doomed him. <laughs> that motherfucker. <laughs> <laughs> the fucking carnival thing was like the motherfucker got whack a mold. <sighs> Holy shit! <laughs> that was the greatest thing I've ever seen in my life. As an act of the Yoli, if somebody ever tell you God didn't have a sense of humor, you show them this shit. That motherfucker relaxing, waiting for the votes of that second poll, and next thing you know, <laughs> yo, if if that was Marco stunt. He, he would have been like, "How the fuck did this guy die in his hot tub?" Well, when the when the when the lid flipped, he couldn't. He was too small to lift the shit off of him. What a terrible fate, right? <laughs> but because it's right back, it was just a thud to the head. Oh my god! You won your. Oh. You, she said, "Even the wind wants right back to retire." <laughs> yes. Oh my god! Even the wind was like, "Just close the lid on this one." <laughs> fuck him. Your <It's> career. <laughs> Oh, that is so funny. <laughs> See, that's like universal karma right there. Because every time we hear about Ryback, he talking shit. And then his hot tub said enough is enough and it's time for a change. Yeah, well. Oh, my God. Now we're probably blocked by him since I just shared that out. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he got it. Oh, right block. They ain't gonna stop that fucking retirement poll from going up. I'll I'll, I'll, vote I'll put next, one up. I'll vote in the next poll for you block me, motherfucker. Huh? If he blocks me, I'll make one. <laughs> I'll make it unavoidable. Every week I'll do a new one. Look, your numbers are up, buddy. No, I won't do it. I like actually I like right back. I just think he made some bad choices. He didn't tolerate the E long enough. Everybody has to go through that shit. But you gotta have patience. You gotta work him. Don't let him work you. He thought he deserved more than he earned. Like you gotta be willing to go through the tough times. You gotta go through the grind. You gotta dig a little bit. There was once upon a time when fucking Triple H was wrestling hog pen matches. Did he leave? No. Well, I mean, where was he gonna go to WCW? I mean, could have, but he didn't. I mean, the whole thing is that like, he grinded out, dug with it, and then, hey, like, got himself back up to the top. Ryback got hit with a couple of pre-shows and didn't know how to handle it. Yeah, he was very vocal about his discomfort. I mean, I don't know. It didn't seem like they were anxious to have him back either. Yeah, it's uh, it's hard to say. 
All right, well, let's move along here. Making good progress. Oh, God, that video's going to stick with me for the rest of the week. I swear to God. So Andrade, apparently, is going to be facing Alberto? Yeah, I heard this something real? like that. I was like, I guess? Let me see. Let me bring this up on the program real quick. Hmm. Yeah, this is a little out of left field. It's like I've been hearing about we we've been hearing about freaking Alberto quite a bit now. Just bear with me while I try to see what we got here. I do like Andrade just getting right back into it though. It's just like, all right, who am I fighting next? Who am I fighting after that? Who am I fighting after that? Okay, so from what I'm seeing, he's gonna have a singles match July 31st, according to Super Luchas. I would take that with a grain of salt when you're listening to that website though. They're going to wrestle in Texas. So for the first time, they're going to see what people have been asking for a long time. Andrade against Alberto Del Rio. I don't think they've ever had such sent such a poster to Texas. I don't know about that one. Oh, is is this? What, you found the trailer? I mean, I just found somebody talking about it. Yeah, he says he's going to be facing La Sombra. But it's all in Spanish. So, I mean, I guess you can confirm that. Yeah, coming straight from him. Yeah, so, uh, yeah, that's kind of interesting, you know. It'd but the Rio. Yeah, but the Rio actually recently spoke about those sexual assault charges and everything else that's been going on in his life. I don't know if you heard anything about that. I didn't hear specifically what he said, but I did hear that uh, he spoke out about him. When the Bryce said, even if you did hear what he said, it would be in Spanish. So, um, you know, Damn. you'd have no idea what the hell he's actually saying. Um, that being said, he said that it was a problem between my partner and I in which, unfortunately, I made a mistake. I committed infidelity in our own house that caused anger, resentment and excessive hatred of the person who was supposed to be the woman of my life lifetime. And he said, after all the scandal happened and I was accused of what I was accused of, she dropped the charges a few weeks later. Although I was dying to tell the world that my ex-partner had dropped the charges, I was not allowed to do so as not to interfere with the case we are handling here in San Antonio, Texas. She dropped the charges. Um, She did not just drop them. She had the courage to speak to the authorities and tell them that it was for domestic violence, but that at no time was there a kidnapping because we had lived together for a long time. And that there was never an assault sexual. That is this rumor that is out there is ridiculous about me trying to affect her son, little Matthias. The boy was not even in the house. So apparently that's what happens in this. That's what's said in this interview with him and Hugo. What do you think? Oh, yeah. I mean, when we talked about it, I could see, I guess, why would she all of a sudden back out and just be like, no, we're not going through with this case unless there was some kind of truth to that. Unless I you didn't want to go to prison, you know what I mean? It's, it could be remorse or prison or all kinds of shit. I mean, it didn't really happen. Yeah. See, it's not, oh, God, that one. It's just, I always, I've always been curious whenever I see that decision made by uh, the person who was supposedly affected. I always wonder what, like, the thought process is. There was a time there Tanahashi was, was stabbed like, too, King Quest. Dead. I don't know if you know, but there was a time that an angry girlfriend stabbed Tanahashi also. Oh, my God. I remember that. <laughs> Back with Tana Hospital was pulling crazy bitches. <laughs> he had that high fly flow. She almost turned into a high dinosaur. Yeah, you saw his life flash before his eyes. So I mean this is what he's saying, you know, you'd have to take it with uh Yeah, she was a reporter too, right? She was a reporter. Tana Hashi got a reporter to stab him. She went crazy like the reporter on Family Guy. It was like the family girl, was that a lady on Family Guy who Stewie killed? Oh Jesus. Okay, the reporter lady. 
No, she was trying to kill Lois, but the reporter who used to be there, what's her name? Oh, Diane? Oh, yeah. God, her name is Diane. I forget, I forget her last name, but it was Diane, I believe. Yeah, she, yeah, was, she was getting sniped. Yeah, because they were because she was running around killing everybody else, and they know who it was. And it was her. That's what happened to Tanahashi. He was with a girl like that. Oh, you ever see this dude? wasn't there to shoot her. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> hey, it took a dark turn, but that's what happened. Also sharing that to you guys on social media. I mean, I don't know why. And I don't think anybody in our community out there. Well, there are a few, but not many of you are going to listen to a Spanish. There's no English in there for warning. So that share was completely for nothing. You got the translation from me. But yeah, so according to him, he dropped the charges. So she dropped the charges. All right, let's move along. See if we have anything else interesting here, which I'm sure we do. Oh, there's always stuff. Chelsea Green. Chelsea. I saw this unfold on social media myself before it became a story. And I kind of found this interesting. This was sometime last week. So uh, I'm going to kind of shoot with this one a little rather than go with the story just from what I witnessed. Apparently what happened was uh, someone took Chelsea Green's picture. And I'm so you've you've all seen this before. Where? Someone from Facebook or Twitter's wrestling community will take a picture of one of their favorite superstars and they'll put like their own background to it. Maybe make it like have like sparkles, you know, like sort of bedazzle it a little bit. Put her name in glitter, Chelsea Green, put her on a cool background, you know, sort of make her a wallpaper. You know what I'm talking about? Like people who like things in general will do it. They might not even be wrestlers. They could do it anime, actors, whatever. If you've ever scrolled social media, you don't know what the fuck I'm talking about. Fuck off. Because you're not paying attention. But yeah, people tend to take things that they like. like take a picture of Iron Man, Chelsea Green, whoever, and put it. So some mark did that. They uh, they put Chelsea Green on an image that had her glittered, bedazzled, that said Chelsea Green with like a nice design or whatever. And uh, I guess she retweeted it or something. and uh, Or she posted it, like she copy and paste and posted it and shared it. And like the fans started DMing her. Um, he DM'd her a couple of times. He or she DM'd a couple of times. And he was like, hey, you know, I was hoping that when you shared out the picture, you could credit me for the work that I did. You know, like, it's a lot of hard work to be able to do these images. And, uh, you know, it's my only source of income is being an artist. And uh, she didn't reply. He, the reason I know is because this guy shared the screenshots. And a little while later, you know, he put, hey, you know, I was wondering, blah, blah, blah. You could delete the thing. If you could, uh, if you could share the thing or whatever, you know, if you could just credit me, you know, as an artist. And then she just replied, I deleted it. And then she um, blocked him. And then after doing so, like, uh, obviously, he shared this out, which is how I found out. He was like, oh, wow, she really didn't want to credit me. Look at this conversation. She just blocked me afterwards. And uh, then a whole bunch of people from the Internet were like, oh, yeah, you know, her and her, her, her man, you know, Zach Ryder, and Matt Cardona, they're both dicks. Like, that's how they really are with people and blah, blah, blah. And then like, a whole bunch of people started to, to bury her. Um, and people were demanding that she give credit or whatever. And, uh, I don't know. I, I was watching this again. This is not me. I have the, the, the program in front of me. This is what I'm witnessing as I'm scrolling these comments. Cause these comments are coming through in real time since I, since I'm watching social media. Anyway, so I paid, I think don't pay no mind. I go back to what I'm doing later on. I see Chelsea Green post the image and tag the guy in it. And she put something like, put giving credit where credit is due and then she tags the guy and in the comments everybody's like too little too late why'd you block him before you blocked him in the first place and you say you deleted it and they're still bringing up old shit as you would put it uh so she gets attacked like that so finally 
she tweets out, and this is where I go to the program. She goes, artists, I love and respect you guys. Please read. It's super unfortunate how this has been handled. I think artists deserve credit, period. After reading some of the nasty tweets, I didn't feel reposting the art was something that I should do, as clearly the artist's view of me had soured. I support my artists. I pay my artists. I've been doing that since I started on the independent scene because I myself was a starving artist and I know the struggle. It's really sad that an oversight on my part has led to this, but I wish the artists luck and I think it's best that I stuck to the artists who I've used in the past and who know the person I am. Now, what are your thoughts on this situation? Huh. Because, yeah, this is uh, the first I'm hearing of this. Holy Jesus. You said this happened, what, in the last week? Yeah, it happened in last week. Okay. Huh. So, yeah, definitely, at least this is where I'm looking at it, not the best move to, even if you're not going to, like, respond to them, then to be like, hey, I deleted it, and then block them. Because then when all the other tweets start to roll through, it really does look from, like, the outside looking in that it's like, okay, I'm going to credit him and then take the heat off. I might be wrong in this case, but... It's not the best look, especially when you've already, like, deleted and blocked and all that kind of stuff. Because now it just kind of looks like it looks like you're almost trying to kind of, like, make up for it and take some of the edge off. And so you think that you're on the artist side here? Yeah. So, God, it's tricky because at the same time, I'm just like, if she uses your art, you don't necessarily want to bug them about it. And just be, like, in the DMs over and over again, like, hey, would you credit me? Hey. Could you credit me? Like, I understand it's a lot, a lot of hard work. It's, oh, man, it's weird for me looking around, looking around, not knowing either of them personally. Because I've been in that position before where sometimes you want people to be like, hey, let them know I did this. Like, this is just like all willy-nilly out. You're like, I took a lot of time to this. So I don't know. I feel like the whole thing overall could have been handled a little bit better. Okay. So for me, I have a, a couple of things with this. The first would be... If he's talking ownership, he used the picture of Chelsea Green. Who owned the initial picture of Chelsea Green? Was it a WWE pic? Was it a picture from her Instagram? Because obviously to have a picture of Chelsea Green, you would have had to have permission to take a picture of Chelsea Green. Who took, who took the picture? Did you credit the photographer? If we're getting technical, did you credit the photographer that took the picture? Did you, you, know, you know what I mean? And it's her likeness. You're using her likeness and her name and her image. Did you ask her ahead of time? Did you clear with her? Like, hey, I want to send this out or whatever. It's like it was an unpromised thing. You know, and you're asking for credit to something. And then at the end of the day, your quote unquote art, just on a personal level, as someone that values all kinds of art and finds appreciation in the little things in life as well as the big things and loves people being creative, loves people thinking outside of the box and loves when people let the creative juices flow. I think creativity is the best level way of investing your energy and expressing yourself. Someone who has that perspective, fuck your art. Your art is her with a fucking copy paste font graphic and you you expect me to believe that people pay for your shit i have to do something for every episode of this show 454 as of today i don't consider it quote-unquote art no one credits me any fucking monkey with a mouth could do it stop acting like there's other people and if other people do pay you for your work then by all means you should give some examples I think that this person should be held accountable. Show me examples. I want to see an invoice of other motherfuckers that have paid you to copy and paste a logo with a fucking background. Marnie does that for us all the time whenever a wrestler dies. She's never asked for money. 
She was supposed to, she's the one, for anyone who doesn't know, Marnie's the one who puts the rest in peace shit on the Facebook page whenever a wrestler passes. That's not me. And you know yeah, what? Never was the Brody. That was and they're better than this, guys. You're going to fucking bother her, you stupid Mark. You guys, and that's another thing. All of you guys find better work. You're all out there worshiping these wrestlers, fucking putting these stupid, you shouldn't be have enough time to be glittering wrestlers' images. And like, what are you doing? Fuck off, you fucking psycho. That's like to me the modern day stalker when motherfuckers come on here and cut out your image and put in a picture and they send it to you. You sending me my own image of me in your background, you psycho? And asking me for credit? Credit you as a psycho. Think just crazy motherfucker, right? Fucking nuts. <laughs> Copy and paste somebody's background onto your fucking thing and then it's like the font. It's like, who did you credit anyone? Lunatic. And he's gonna act all humble. Oh man, she really doesn't want to credit me. Because I'm gonna credit you for you on talentless fuck. <laughs> you know the bad part about this I almost, I almost feel bad that I didn't even think about it at the time It was like wait where did he even get the fucking picture What the fuck how dare you This person it's like it's just weird to me When people do shit like that Oh I want credit for my Nobody pays you for that shit You know why nobody pays you for that shit You stupid lame mark Because everyone can do it Everyone has the same capabilities as you It's 2021 Everyone has the same technology as you And all they have to do is go and copy and paste Chelsea Green onto the background that they want Not necessarily your shitty low quality background Somebody send him this part of this If anybody hears this and knows that guy or knows his Twitter Because I forgot Tag him and send it to give him the timestamp I want him to hear what a fucking mark he or she is I hate these aspiring artists that aren't really artisting You just make that word up Yeah <laughs> I looked up like wait a minute is that a word I just didn't know? Fucking aspiring artist, my ass. Oh, this is how I make my income. You must be, you, you, you can't even buy Chef Boy RD. Nobody's buying that. What are you, who are you, who are you doing art for that will pay for that shit? You think that Chelsea Green, who's been in all these wrestling federations, has been in the indies and all around, you don't think that she has somebody who, you don't think she has a fucking graphic guy? She even mentioned sticking with her regular artist. I've had several fucking graphic guys over the years. And I'm not Chelsea Green. It's just so weird to me. Oh, you know, I get paid for my art. I get paid for my artwork. And it's like this girl just got released, you scumbag. You think that right now what she's thinking about is your fucking art? Trying to figure out what to do next. You're asking for credit to a released wrestler? You dickwad? You ball swinger? That's a new one. I don't think I've heard that one yet. Yo, somebody, I'm serious. Find me his Twitter. I forgot it. Find me this dickhead's Twitter. He can call in if he wants. Or he can respond to me on social media. I want him to know I think he's a fucking ball swinger bothering her because you put her in a you took her image and put a fucking thing on it you did it you painted over her image basically you're a good colorer go get some fucking crayon get a pack of crayola and a coloring book i'm sure wwe sells them the young bucks certainly do stay in the lines <laughs> wanted to credit you because you know how to use crayons digital crayons <laughs> fucking like people don't have shit to do with their lives rather than credit this crayola fuck you're bothering someone who's a wrestler, someone who's in the TV spotlight because of fucking crank. I look, I cray, I crayoled on you. I crayoled for you. Leave that girl alone. Take your shitty art. That she deleted it because it was shitty. She was trying to be. She was trying to show some sort of fucking appreciation, just sharing that that dry shit out. You don't think people know how to make things like that? And I hate when people think that they should get credit for doing little things. Like we should rub your nipples for every single time you eat a cookie. <laughs> and this isn't just about that dickhead. This isn't just about that dickhead. This is all dickheads. All of you, you, you fucking underachieving bastards out there. They do like a small thing, like a piece of art, and then want the whole world to kiss your ass. Guess on my nerves. Dude, not for nothing. But we do a whole production on here that consists of art and graphics, program, videos, all kinds of different shit. This motherfucker doesn't art. You know what it would be like if my Monday would be if I had to do an art of Chelsea Green? I wouldn't even roll out of bed for it. 
That motherfucker will be getting up. I bet for the first time after Raw. Well, fucking guy does a, does a little Crayola scoot, and we're supposed to be happy. <laughs> a Crayola scoot. <laughs> She, that's a call. That's fucking one that, 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 that Xbox game, right? Where your Crayola it almost looks like the Squid Kid one, where you're crying people. Crayola Scoot. That's what he is. A fucking character of a Crayola Scoot. Holy shit. That game's always on sale. Get it on the Microsoft Store. Like Crayola me. Scoot your ass away. <laughs> Crayola Scoot your ass out of here. That's what he should do. I'm always tempted to buy it, but then I'd be streaming Crayola Scoot. You might have to do it in his honor. Why is this grown ass man streaming Scrayola Scoot? And still more 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 of an honor than 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 you when you copy and paste Chelsea Green graphics. Holy shit! What a fucking joke! What a chode! Stealing a line from a callback from the fucking uh, lowly Virgil, you chode! Oh my god, dude! I watched that the other fucking day. Oh, fucking unbelievable! <sighs> the disrespect! I really want to be credited. Does he know how he sounds to the public? You know, and this is what I'm talking about, this SJW Snowflake world. He sounds like the kind of kid we fuck up in school, doesn't he? I really want some credit. Get the fuck out of here. I give you credit for your grad. That's your credit right there. You don't even have to pay for a tattoo today, motherfucker. I'll see you tomorrow if you need another one. Credit. <laughs> can you imagine? Wrestlers tolerate a lot of shit. Not for nothing. Cause imagine, can you imagine doing that with anybody else? Could you imagine somebody doing that shit to Hugh Jackman? Oh, my God. You know? Somebody probably has. Or to what's his name? Fucking Brad Pitt or, or, or what's his name? Couch guy? Oprah Couch guy? Why am I forgetting his name? Oh, fuck Mission Impossible guy. You know, Tom Cruise, you know. Can you imagine somebody being like, like they take him and put him in a cool Mission Impossible pose and they're like, hey, Mr. Cruise, do you credit me? I, I don't make money. I only make money off of being, being a simp. You know, like get out of here. You can't do that shit to a wrestler, you losers. Mission no one cares about off. your fucking art. It pissed me off when I saw this girl going through that shit in real time. I almost jumped in. Oh, that would have been an adventure. And I was like, you know what? That's why I have a show, because it actually takes time and effort to do, unlike your shitty art. I'll talk on a platform that matters a bit more than your fucking artwork. But yeah, it bothers me, because I'm watching this play, and I almost typed something, bro. And I, you know how much I don't like getting involved in social media, but I was looking, I was like, I want to fucking say something. Because like, you guys are jumping on this girl because she didn't some fucking random guy who copy and pasted her on Photoshop in the thing. That's why these people don't make it out in the real world. They think that every little fucking thing people should kiss your ass for. I'm amazed how many people piled on her, too. Oh my. It's weird. That's what I'm talking about. I never defend. I'm never part of that, that snowflake group, that SJW Save the World group. Because at the end of the day, look how quick it went from, like, what was it? It wasn't even a week before they were feeling bad about everyone, including her that was fired, before they jumped on her for not acknowledging some fucking fan work. They turn on you like that. You know? Ooh. You know what? We should follow that guy. And if he ever posts a being sad... Because he loses a job or a loved one, oh, I'm gonna send God. him. A, I'm gonna send him a fucking graphic of himself. Oh, God. with sparkles and shit on it. Can you? Yeah, it's gonna be sparkling. He's gonna be standing in Narnia. <laughs> oh my! Look God. at that. Do you feel better now? I know you lost your job and your mom, but hey, here's a graphic. By the way, when you tweet this out, when you when you when you definitely tweet this out, be sure to credit me. I only I only make my living sending out ridiculous <laughs> pictures of mourning people. His tweet. You know, get out of here. Somebody send this to that fucking loser. I'm calling him out. And I want Rap all of his SA, I want all the Jester W's to, also everybody. All of you are invited. Everybody who took your side, you're all invited on here. All inclusive for anybody that agreed with him. We gonna cut two of y'all down before we'll do it again. My door's wide open. And I got cookies, bitch. <laughs> How come I never get SJW? That's what I'm waiting for. 
come on, where are you all? How come I never get SJW? Look, scroll through my shit. There's like 454 episodes of worse shit. There must be something that pissed one of you off. Go ahead, scroll through my shit, please. <laughs> find it and come yeah. on here. Come find me. S- seek me out. You know, you know what it is? Because all the people you are shut down on Facebook, they're fucking scared and they warn everybody else. You know, come look for come me. For that tag one, me in my people. shit, please. Please tag me in my shit about what a terrible human being I am. Oh, boy. We'd need two episodes a week. One for us and one for you. <laughs> like, that pissed me off because she always seems cool. You know what I mean? Like, I've always liked her. And it's kind of like, I always seen her actually be pretty respectful. And I'm thinking, I can't believe that on a week where the girl lost her job, that there's a bunch of people who claim to be wrestling fans jumping on this girl like that. You cowards. Unbelievable. Anyway. I hope that she got over it. I'm glad that she put out that statement about it. And I'm glad that she handled it classy because I wouldn't have handled it classy. I didn't. And it's not, I, I, I'm more mad than she is. You know, it's just I'm, I'm, I can't be a part of it. I know it's the new way that things are. I can't be a part of this world where people feel like you owe them an explanation. You know what I mean? Like, I don't feel like she needs to say shit. I'm kind of mad that she even had to say like she felt compelled to write a paragraph about this. Like she shouldn't feel like she needs to explain to and like you didn't even know you. You know, it's crazy, man. This is some shit. Absolutely outrageous. Anyway, second Chelsea Green story was uh, she went on her podcast and she spoke a bit about what it was like to uh, receive a trash bag because she also did. But this story is uh, is a bit more interesting than that. Actually, let me get this up here bring her podcast up because i want to link you guys to the whole thing it's actually really good she's even more interesting without the fucking wwe filter than i had thought like i can't be really more interesting without the filter yeah but i didn't expect her to be that interesting like when you hear her <laughs> like she like she's actually like that's something i would listen to like just the way she talks and carries herself like very interesting shit anyway we're gonna drop it here last week i received a nice big fedex box at my front door I had got a call the week before, right after I was released, and they asked me what my address is and, and just said they had some things to deliver. I thought to myself, that's strange. I wonder what they could possibly be delivering. But when I saw the box, I thought, ooh, maybe I'm getting some leftover merch. <laughs> Who knows? Are they sending me a present, a little parting gift? Oh, silly, silly me. Silly me. They were not sending me a parting gift. I brought that box straight into the kitchen and Matt and I opened it because we were curious. And inside that box was a nice, fresh, plastic fucking bag full to the brim with shit. Just a bunch of shit. So the box, as you have seen, if you haven't seen The legend, the one and only Mickey James was released from WWE and posted a picture of this box on Twitter saying, dear at Vince McMahon, I'm not sure if you're aware. I did receive my WWE care package today. Thank you. Hashtag always blessed and grateful. Hashtag women's wrestling matters. Oof. Oh, so yes, we all we all got those boxes. Okay. Now, before I tell you what what was in my box, what <laughs> that doesn't sound good. Before I tell you the contents of my box and my garbage bag, 
I just want to make it clear that after talking to you know, all, all of the other females, I believe that every single person who has been released that is a female has received this garbage bag. Gail Kim put it out there last week as well that she, when she left WWE, received the garbage bag. Okay, so this is a trend. This is a long trend. Now, I really don't let things rub me the wrong way. So I laughed the garbage bag off. I, you know, was I a little annoyed? Yes, totally. My shit came in a garbage bag. Um, but I, I, I let it go. Um, and Matt was pissed. Matt was very pissed. You know, he wanted me to tweet it. He wanted me to talk about it. And I just didn't feel comfortable. I, I'm, I'm trying not to go the he route like, Tell of me trash talking you know. anyone or any company, especially one that paid for my mortgage. You know what I mean? As, especially one that, that I have wanted to be at for so long. Okay. We've got sidetracked, of course. Typical me. Now, trash bag gate. So Mickey got her trash bag. The rest of the girls got their trash bag. I got my trash bag. Upon further inspection of the trash bag, I start to realize I'm not really sure what's in this trash bag. I first pull out some black boots. Beautiful black boots, but not my black boots. I then pull out a second pair of black boots. Again, beautiful boots, not my boots. Okay. Now here we get to the third item. The third item was a, oh, the most gorgeous little leather shrug with studs and diamonds and flappy things and, and pink jewels and all sorts of things. Now, if you know women's wrestling, you know that the person who wears black leather with pink it is always the same person. That is always going to be Natty. So I knew right away that the contents of my box were actually Natty's box. I, I continued to go. I pulled a couple things out. A, a lot of it was Natty's. Um, but I, I did run into some questionable items, some some cute little skirts, some cute little dresses and things that kind of looked like maybe Lana's or Liv's. So I don't know if there was other things in that, in that box. There was also a basketball. I don't know who the fuck is playing basketball at, at WWE backstage, but someone's getting their, their hoops in. Um, so the content of my box was, in fact, not mine and many other females. So I let them know that. Um, and the person who, you know, he who shall not be named because he who shall not be named was let go from WWE. Um, he told me to drop the box off at someone's house, send the box on its way. I was shook, shooketh people, people shook because here's the thing. This, the contents of this box are expensive, you know? Wrestling boots is expensive. Gear is expensive. Clothing. It's all, it's all expensive. I'm not going to just drop it off at somebody's house and hope it gets to Tampa. So, you know, with all that being said, I will say I think WWE handed it in the, handled it in the best way possible. We saw uh, Johnny Ace tweet. We saw Stephanie McMahon tweet. Um, Triple H tweeted 
Upon learning of the disrespectful treatment, some of our recently released talent received on behalf of the company, we took immediate action. The person responsible for this inconsiderate action has been fired and is no longer with WWE. I really don't know if they could have done anything else. I think that that was a perfect way to handle it. I will also say that they didn't stop there. They actually did individually call each of us to apologize. um, And they sent us flowers. So I thought that was really nice. And, And, you know, what else could they do if they didn't know that this was being done? The only thing you can do is do damage control. And Lord knows. I know how to do damage control. Damn. So then she she goes on to talk about how they sent like a card and it said from your WWE family. And she was like, you're calling me family and I just got fired. But that the card was nice or whatever. But yeah. What do you think? (sighs) Oh, God. Chelsea, God bless your heart. But uh, they could have done more. Like, uh, I don't know. Not fire you. First of all, you're already a douche and a quarter of a cent of the girl fucking trash bag. Secondly, don't even send her her own shit. You sent her daddy shit? What? And they wonder why people don't want to go there anymore. It's fucking nuts. Like, little shit. It's just like, how is this multi-million dollar so-called mecca of sports entertainment that's not even entertainment? How are you fucking up on this big of a scale? Like, that is fucking nuts. I guarantee when AJ got fired, AJ didn't, when fucking AJ got fired from TNA, I guarantee they didn't send him his shit in a trash bag. Like, first of all, that's just beyond stupid in itself. They, they probably didn't send him his shit at all. Oh my god. Like, what in the hell? That is crazy to me. It still blows my mind the fact that, like, this girl who is a surefire Hall of Famer three times over and two on the side got her shit in a trash bag. But then, like, it's when you hear that they've been doing this for God knows how long. Like, it's a, it's a thing where like, I can't even be like, oh, whatever you did was good enough. There's no such thing as good enough because you did some fucked up shit in the first place. <laughs> like, holy shit, this wouldn't be a problem if you didn't just do dumb shit in the first place. And I love how, like, the go-to whenever something happens with the women, fucking wheel out Stephanie McMahon. I mean, hell, you you damn near had the bitch taking credit for everything they did the whole time this whole women's evolution has been by, which apparently, I don't know if you heard, didn't somebody tell, I can't remember who it was that told Mickey James right before she left, women's wrestling doesn't make money. Like, these bitches didn't main event a whole WrestleMania. Well, their argument was that the Evolution pay-per-view was the lowest rated pay-per-view of all time. I don't know how accurate that is, though. It's probably even worse than that. And then, like, Evolution isn't the whole women's, the whole women's wrestling thing. Because they got way better after that. That was just one of the low points. It's like, <sighs> this company and their logic or lack thereof blows my mind more and more. Even to the point where it's like, I just, I I, I, I don't have a level of, of expectation and they still blow my fucking mind. I go in there thinking, I go into this shit thinking, I know it's probably going to get about as shitty as I can imagine. And then they fucking surprise me. Like, it's fucking nuts. So, uh... Jeff Jarrett was asked on a podcast about this. I fig- figured you should hear what he had to say. He uh, was called Alexis Lurie, uh yeah. in early TNA. So obviously I've known Mickey her entire career. In- incredible talent. You know, that story broke. And, and without knowing all the details, 
it took, in my opinion, um, I, I, how the bag got there. Yes. The, the, the cosmetically, it, it, it didn't probably sit well with a lot of folks. Um, but also know that, uh, there, there, there's a lot of discussion in, in the world we live in with social media and clicks. I get it. I completely understand it. But, but without, um, look, there, there's a lot of things that all don't, aren't always what they uh, truly would, it would appear to be. So I don't know who shipped it, how it was shipped, what was in that bag, what was in the contents of that bag. I, there's so many questions, what if, but I know one thing, it made great headlines last week and a lot of discussion. But at the end of the day, um, I, I don't think uh, either side, um, and I'll call it sides, look, M- Mickey's future Hall of Famer, without question. Um, but, but you know, um, it, it, was, it was a unique situation, difficult on both sides, but I think it's water under the bridge at this point. Fantastic, man. So do you think it was not deliberate, which is what his argument is here? <laughs> I would need Jared. I would need Jared to get to not try to buffer through that sentence before he tried to fucking tell me something. I don't know who it was that did it, but I could, I wouldn't be fucking surprised if it was deliberate on that person's end. The company as a whole, who knows? A lot of people. But you don't just accidentally send somebody a fucking glad bag of their shit. <laughs> All right. You <laughs> like. With a fucking person's name on it and everything, like. <laughs> I'm sorry, I know this is unrelated, but I just saw that Keith Thompson put "stop the count" right back in the chat. I was thinking, oh my god, <laughs> he's just stop the count. <laughs> they they tampered you, with the I votes. I needed that chuckle. They tampered with the fucking votes. Oh my god. Oh man, but yeah, I. I mean, they're not tasteful at all when it comes to releasing people. I mean, so it's unfortunate. They got to the point you can't even play devil's advocate with this fucking company anymore because they just do shit where it's like, how else could this happen? (laughs) There's no defending this shit. They sent the girl her shit in a fucking trash bag. That is shitty. I can't argue with you there. Especially with uh, it's always been. A sour thing for me when, since we broke this news with Mickey and Chelsea being the fact that we saw over on social media, they were brewing up an angle with these two, which would have been a full circle thing for Mickey. That probably could have been one of the best angles on the, on whatever show it was on. And they said, nah, release some trash bags. What? I almost want them to go. To, I almost want them both to wind up in the same company just so they can do that angle. Yeah, Ms. Ace is right. Even, it's even worse with Chelsea because they sent her shit in the glad bag and it was other people's shit. It wasn't even the right person. It was Natalia's like how, some other person's stuff. That is kind of bad. There's a disregard for common sense at the very least, right? I'm fucking talking about family. Like, bitch, I must be adopted then. What the fuck is this? Like I said, there's I a huge the disregard for common sense. Mm-mm. Well, hopefully we see her somewhere else. Wherever she goes, she's gonna be fun. She always kind of she's always managed to entertain me. Mm-hmm. I saw her fucking go crazy in TNA and become a crazy bride. She entertained me every week. So, uh, in a bit of related news, almost Kawada Driver interviewed Maria Canellis recently. I'll link you guys to the entire thing. Uh, but Maria spoke a little bit about the whole women's movement in WWE and the women's evolution and how it was handled. Spoiler, she had nothing but positive things to say. So you have all these pointless pay-per-views. 
and you have the opportunity to have a women's empowerment pay-per-view and you choose not to do it. Um, I don't get it. I don't know how Stephanie McMahon deals with that. Like as a woman, I, I, I've been very outspoken about my feelings about women's wrestling and women in wrestling. So like it, it should come to no surprise that as a woman, I couldn't deal with that. If I had that much power in the industry, like I couldn't deal with that. I have minimal power in this industry and I'm fighting my tail off to create more opportunities. So like, if I had that much power, oh my, there would be a, a whole show plus a reality show that covers the actual girls' lives. Plus on top of that, we would have a makeup line. We would be on the cover of Vogue showing, guess what? These women, they're badasses and they're beautiful in their own right. Like, I don't get it. Like, I'm fighting for that in Ring of Honor now. Like, from the very beginning, that's what I want. I want my girls... Eh, to have those opportunities that I didn't have in such a large company like WWE. You're telling me that they don't, they can't call up some of these magazines and say, Hey, can you feature some of our girls? I mean, if you do, you can work with this advertiser. We also have cool. Cool. Let's do a little, you know, I, I don't, I don't get it. I, I, yeah. I see all these things that Stephanie is fighting for women's rights. But it seems more promotional than it does actual. And that is what I I'm curious. I'm curious about that. I can't argue. Right. We've said before we would only ever see Stephanie with the girls when they were getting a first time ever. We only ever saw her when they got their first rumble, when they got their first money in the bank, when they got their first pay-per-view and when Rhonda, Becky and Charlotte headlined WrestleMania. And then now ever since she's just let it fall that. apart. Now I think think about that. When have we seen Stephanie since that WrestleMania? And it's weird because that's something that Triple H has always been accused of. They say that whenever there's like a big thing, that's when Triple H will come back. Like that's what offended CM Punk at the end, remember? That was the last straw. They yeah. wanted him to fight Triple H at WrestleMania. He was like, you need to wrestle me. I don't need to wrestle you. And he stormed out. He didn't want to do it because he felt like Triple H just wanted to be part of the fucking uh, CM Punk thing. And then with Sting, that was another situation. It's starting to seem like that's sort of the trend with Stephanie now, where when you look at the women's stuff, whenever, you're right. She's a first ever girl, right? Yeah. And she takes credit like she fucking did anything. When it's like, no, it's the girls on the stage behind you who did everything. But yeah, you make a very valid point. She she is like that. And Maria makes a lot of valid points, too, because Maria's been talking about this before she left Ring of Honor. She always spoke like that about the girls and about trying to do shit like that. Way and the girls before, in are trying to do more. Yeah, but I that, that there's a lot of valid points there, man. You know, like I said, uh, the girl stuff has been really bad. Like the girls haven't been featured that much at all. There, there's been like a lot less girl stuff going on. I mean, we'll get into it when uh, we talk about Raw, but that had to be the shortest championship match I've seen. I blinked and it was over. They just don't care. Whereas I remember watching Charlotte, Becky, and Ronda, and not thinking the match was ever going to end. Not here, though. Not here. Yeah, I'm not looking forward to talking about Raw. Maybe you are. Barely am. I fucking self. But yeah, everything about WWE is for promotional reasons. Write it down for promotional reasons. Yes. Because everything about them that they do, I think that the cancer, I think even the kids, I think even the Connors cure, I think it's all for promotional reasons. Oh yeah, of course they don't give a shit. It wouldn't come across that way if it was sincere. At least in my opinion. Pick one month to talk about the cancer kids. 
it's not even that when just the way it's promoted like, you know the way it's showcased the way they bring everybody out to display the them the logo you know? on the freaking ramp every year the, like what nobody else does that shit it's a fucking tax write off UFC really wanted to is. have a pay per view in the middle of breast cancer awareness month and then the cage is pink handing them all belts and shit yeah it's not like other people don't do that kind of stuff without having that shit everywhere, you know? Hey, I'll see, like, NFL players, they'll maybe have, like, pink gloves or shoes or something like that, but that's it. And even mm-hmm. then, they don't, like, take whole segments to talk about it. Yeah. Like, if you see it, then you know. <laughs> so, uh, according to Wrestling Observer, they're saying that the idea is that NXT and MLW, NXT is going to send some, send MLW some talent who aren't getting a lot of TV time on NXT. That's pretty interesting. Yeah, because I believe MLW got a TV deal coming up pretty soon, right? I have no idea. but the, I, Yeah, I heard, I heard, I can't remember what the station was, but yeah, apparently I think MLW wanted to get a TV deal. Yeah. So they've come up, so that'd actually be quite handy for them. Yeah, but this is what the deal is. We're hearing that uh, NXT is going to literally do that. They're going to just start... Whenever they have talent that they can't get over, they're going to send them to MLW. So MLW and NXT have somewhat of a working relationship now. Uh, the similar to the way WWE was with Evolve or even with ECW back in the day. So uh, apparently that's what it is. So very interesting that WWE has chosen to partner with a company. Even, even the Big E wants to team up, huh? Well... Is it going to be a real team up or is it just going to be like they do with that Evolve pay-per-view where they're like, here are the Evolve guys, never going to see them again. Yeah, you'll, see them, you'll see them again. Well, we'll see how I mean, it's It's also it up to MLW to put their foot down too, you know? Because the funny thing about it is when you said NXT, I didn't even include them in WWE because that's the only way I can enjoy them anymore. Well, like I said, it's all up to them to make sure that they Maria Canellis it and not Stephanie McMahon it. That's on MLW's hands. You know, they got to make sure that this isn't just for promotional purposes. And at this point, I'm just counting down until MLW is like, you know what? Nah. Yeah, because we'll at this see. point, that's where I am. Well, that's where I am with the WWE. At this point, it's just a countdown until they fuck it up. Well, at the same time that WWE is forming an alliance with MLW, apparently uh, CMLL announced on Twitter that the strategic alliance that it had with the American company Ring of Honor since 2016 has come to an end. So CMLL and Ring of Honor are now done with their partnership. So that leaves an open book there as far as if CMLL is going to partner with someone else or if Ring of Honor is going to stay solo, or if they're going to do something else, we really don't know what's going to happen. Yeah, there's a, a lot of um, potential out there in the wrestling world now. Yeah, but Ring of Honor needs to start getting something because right now they don't have enough momentum. Like I honestly don't feel like this stuff, even yeah. with the good wrestling, is worth it. Yeah, it's they're, they're having a tough time for sure. They're surviving, but they're having a tough time. Yeah, like I watched the Piro tournament and I'm still haven't caught up since. I'm not even sure if I will. I may watch their latest pay-per-view and then that'll be it. It's just I don't really see much going on, you know? Like their roster isn't that impressive. I'm glad that um, Dalton Castle re-signed from right here. So like that's one of the top guys. They really got to push him though, you know? Yeah. Some some of their old heads are still hanging on, but yeah, there's got to be a lot more development on their roster. Mm-hmm. So we're hearing that uh, once the fans are back... um. Impact plans on once again going on the road. This plan doing their TV tapings. Once the fans can return, they went. They want to run shows in Las Vegas regularly as well as go on the road again. So Impact's pretty much ready. As soon as the world's clear and everyone gives the thumbs up, they're pretty much ready to start rolling. And it doesn't end there because uh, 
we're hearing that as far as returning to the road goes for WWE, there were hints this week inside of the company of June. Talent has been told August and perhaps late July. But WWE has said that if AEW was to start in July, then they'll move it up because they're going to do everything that they can to make sure that they go live before AEW does. Because that worked out so well for the last time they try to do something before <laughs> AEW. Yeah, that's, the, that's the strategy, man. <sighs> that is the strategy learn. here. And also, uh, Maria Canales spoke to Wrestling Inc. and said that they have tentative dates in regards to Ring of Honor as far as returning to the road, too, and returning to bringing fans back. She said that she doesn't want to put those dates out right now, but that she would have to say that by the end of the year, you're going to start to see some fans back at the shows. And that this is very important because that's Ring of Honor and that their fans are the most loyal in the world, the wildest and the most amazing. And they come up with the most unique chance that they're part of Ring of Honor. So they want to give back to their fans, but they have to get clear to do so. So you got three companies right now. You got everybody ready, ready to come back. You know, everybody's pretty much on their way to a return. Everyone's getting restless. Everyone's to open up. Everyone's seeing what company can beat who. And at the end of the day, I know there's going to be people. There's going to be you, you, you finger wigglers out there. I see you finger wiggler, finger wiggler one, finger wiggler two out there finger wiggling at us. I'm finger wiggling back at you. Even you three, even you in the back three. Yeah, because at the end of the day, you got to remember something. Okay, according to the Tampa Bay Business Journal. They said that in the first week of April, the Hillsborough County averaged 74.3% occupancy compared to 2019, 71.6%. And this was because of WrestleMania 17 in the Raymond James Stadium. So, also spring break, but WrestleMania. So they basically said that March was where Tampa Bay tourism started to have an increase over prior years. The weekend of WWE had a positive effect on St. Pete and Clearwater regions as well. So long story short is that WWE has been keeping the lights on for Florida. Whether or not you agree with this returning or not, even if you're not a fan, maybe you should go buy a shirt, huh? Because as much shit as you want to give them, there's one state that we can 100% confirm has been keeping the lights on. You're drinking your water, you're taking your showers, you're eating your meals, and that's because of the E. <laughs> you know, I just ran down them numbers. So coming back in hindsight might not be a terrible idea when you see that it is feeding people. I know that there's risks, but I'm just talking about the positives right now. And the positives don't just end there because Comcast announced this past Thursday that they added more than 9 million subscribers to Peacock and they're mainly crediting WWE and The Office. It took me a minute to figure out what they meant by that because at first I thought they meant like Vince and Kevin Dunn. But they mean The Office. Like Steve Corral. <laughs> so, I guess that makes sense. <laughs> so, uh, yeah. Pretty much they said that they were able to... Uh, they have around 44 million subscribers. Remember that HBO Max has 44.2 million. So, having WWE around, whether you like the booking or not... Having that in your economy seems to create money. You have seen us throughout this past year. Just put them in different situations and money start growing out of the ground. That's just what this company is. It's a monster. It's a big monster. It kept Florida alive. Keep that in mind. People when we watch Florida don't even, when we watch wrestling don't even think about it. It kept fucking Florida alive. While you and I, we, who are wrestling fans, didn't even agree with that being open. It kept their economy going. There are places whose economy are more fucked simply because people weren't hitting ropes and doing drop kicks. Think about that. There's a lesson somewhere to be learned in there. I'll tell you what it is when I figure it out. 
<laughs> but yeah, so uh, anyway, this is interesting stuff, you know. I wasn't sure how interesting it would be. There's interesting shit going yeah. on in the world. So this referee, this is an NXT referee. He's come up a few oh, times on guy. here. Drake Waritz, Waritz, didn't he come up one time that they said that he was like a white supremacist or, for supremacists? Or then mm-hmm. another time it was that uh that he supported the uh one of those supremacist groups like the the Young Boys or whatever the fuck they are. And then, like, there was one, like, a picture of him where he, they said that he was doing, like, a hand symbol that represented, and we always come on here, and it's one of those things where I think in the beginning I even said that, like, certain things just kind of seem, like, coincidental, but then after a while, if he seems crazy, we'll talk about it. So this is a video of him having some sort of an anti-mask or conspiracy theory disclaimer. I do not know what the fuck's going to be said here. I, I don't have that kind of time anymore, you know, so... I guess listener viewer discretion advised. We're just going to see and then we'll analyze it afterwards. Make no mistake. If you don't end this nonsense and start trusting your constituents to take personal responsibility by making their own informed decisions, you will not get reelected. There will be a recruit of freedom loving Republicans that will replace you. Commissioner DeLari, I would like to turn my attention to you, sir. You've been a strong advocate for victims of human trafficking through your work with the Lifeboat Project. I commend you for doing so, sir. Continuing this mask mandate only puts vulnerable children at risk of being preyed upon by traffickers and predators. Nonverbal cues are often a first sign for distress for of distress in identifying potential victims of human trafficking. Sorry, I'm emotional. Force. Forcing and normalizing face coverings only makes it easier for sex traffickers to target kids in our community. Protect Seminole County children, Commissioner Glory. And I would like to close with the 30 seconds that I have by calling for the immediate resignation of emergency manager Alan Harris. Right. He is an awful leader. He is not an elected official. He has no business playing the role of a dictator to the people of Seminole County. God bless you all. God bless the great free state of Florida. Thank you very much, ladies and gentlemen. Um, it's one thing to to clap and everything, and I've I've asked you know before not to. I could see that you weren't going to listen to me, so I did. I just you know I'm not going to cause any scene for either side, but but please, um, it, Mr. Harris has worked hard for all of us. And whether you agree with him or not, he doesn't deserve that kind of treatment. Well, this this commissioner, for one, is not going to sit here and listen to our staff be attacked. Uh, You can agree to disagree with that individual. He's got a job to do to protect 480,000 residents in this community. You may not agree, but show the man some respect. Damn, Florida politics are better than raw, right? They pop when they when, the, when they they pop for the heel. You think about it, because that guy sounds a little off, right? What is uh, unless I'm missing something here? Um, because he, he was crying and shit. What's what's the connection between if if people wear masks, then will, there'll be more child trafficking? What the fuck? I'm not I'm not I'm not trying to be funny here or anything, but can well, what is the like, connection I'm, I'm, that he's I'm that he's uh, like what 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 the hell? What? That's a bad theory. First of all. Let me see something. It puts it puts vulnerable children at risk for being preyed upon by traffickers. 
because nonverbal cues are often the first sign for distress. I'm reading the transcript of what we just played. So you can't read their lips. I think that's a really, really, he's really reaching. And apparently this guy, he's considered part of that QAnon group, or at least he's been accused of being part of them. QAnon? Oh, boy. Like, I've never been so confused in my life. Like, it's just weird to me, his argument, you know? Right. Like, because you wear masks, you can kidnap more kids? Well, I mean, I guess I, scream, I do see. you know? Like, yeah, they like, could scream from the mask. Somebody kidnapped me. I'm fucking screaming. Like, what Unless you... they have a ball gag underneath the mask, right? You can't see it. Yo, you have to just right, put the straps right around where the ears are. Unless you sneak up and fucking hit man the kid with a fucking mask and just... Like, no, you... All right. I didn't want to speak out a term, so I wikied it for you because he went QAnon. It's a disproven and discredited American far-right conspiracy theory alleging that a secret cabal of Satan-worshipping cannibalistic pedophiles was running a global child sex trafficking ring and plotted against the former U.S. President Donald Trump while he was in office. I did hear that before I didn't, so. Huh. Yeah. That's all I'll say. Hmm. Different. I'm trying to process a thought right here, but it's like, I, I, I'm, I'm, I'm fucking blank. Like, uh, and yeah, a lot of places are saying that BBC has a thing that says QAnon is a wide-ranging, completely unfounded theory that says that President Trump is waging a secret war against elite Satan-worshipping pedophiles in the government. I did hear that before. That is a crazy-ass theory. Yeah, that, um, wow. But anyway, as you know, this guy's been vocal about this kind of shit, about his conspiracy theories and all this other stuff. I'm not even going to share that one because I don't want our account shadow ban. I want they're going to think that we automatically agree with that. He seems a little weird in the video, and the whole theory seems a little bit... It has too many holes in it. If people are going to kidnap children, it's not going to be because they could wear a fucking mask, you know? They have this shit down to a science. Before the mask. Like, they have this shit down to a science, kidnapping kids. You know? You think that the masks is going to be it? Like, now we're really in business with the mask. That's just the exclamation point. They still have to go through the same checkpoints where, I'm sure, they have the same bullshit that they deal with. Just with a mask. So from what I'm seeing here, uh, yeah, that's basically his argument that child traffickers love wearing face masks because then they can all pretend to be ninja child traffickers, which is another fetish that they have. Tell me it's not a real quote in there. It's not. Okay, thank God. Because I was about to say, once you say ninja child traffickers, gone. All of it goes out the window. Like, at that point, I'm sorry. I'm laughing when I hear that shit. Like, what? According to Fightful, because you know this guy, and we kind of saw this coming, man. Like, he's always on the dirt sheets. So, I haven't even read this yet. But I already know what's going to be according to Fightful. So, Waritz's duties have been reduced in recent memory. He's no longer the head referee in NXT. Instead, it's Daryl Sharma. He's also passed over for the job of timing matches. That That's not Scott Armstrong. He was also not offered back the position of timer. D.A. Brewer was there instead. He was suspended in early 2021 and wasn't allowed in the Capitol Wrestling Center. And when he returned to the Performance Center, he appeared to have subdued many mannerisms that got him heat in the first place. So he was suspended and returns and now he keeps a low profile. He downgraded that man in every way, shape, and form. Jesus. Then he probably shouldn't be on Zoom crying about uh, at, at fucking political right. meetings. You know what I mean about th- this kind of shit right now. So, but in other news, 
um, to go to a more lighter story, CM Punk uh, was on Twitter and they did a and a with him. And uh, some of the things that came out of this Q&A that are noted here is that he said that Kamaru Usman is by far the best male UFC fighter. Um, he was also asked, what's the best thing going on in wrestling right now? And his answer was the QAnon stable in NXT. <laughs> I'm sorry that I said in other news. We're still, on, we're still on the same story. <laughs> and CM Punk what? didn't say that. <laughs> they asked what? Punk what the best thing going on in wrestling is. And he said the QAnon stable. <laughs> Yo, in my head, I tried to scroll. I tried to, like, pass through everything mentally I've seen on NXT. And I'm like, when the fuck was there a QAnon stable? Holy shit. They must hate when Punk comments on shit, right? They <laughs> can't do shit about it. That's the funniest part. When I read that shit, it took me a minute, too. It was like, the Q announced it. Oh, really oh, oh. Yeah, he did really say that. Oh. He said the best thing going on wrestling is the Q announced stable, so he definitely knows about the ref thing. <laughs> oh, this is so funny. Damn. It is a good stable. I mean, you and I usually just go through shit really fast. We we literally sat here pondering it as we really was like, "What? Q and I? Huh? It was good enough to stump us, right?" We were like, "What the fuck?" Like, holy shit! We had to really take that in. He might be spot on though with the 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 Boozman comment though, because that dude fucking slept Masvidal, soul separated from body. Yeah, he's definitely solid, man. Fucking Thug Rose, that girl. I think if my memory states me uh, is correct because she got her belt back, I believe she is now the first ever two-time UFC Women's Champion. Yeah, you know. Matter fact, uh, yeah, yeah, she is. She's the first two-time winner. No Women's Champion in the UFC since that since they let women in has ever been able to get their belt back. And her opponent is the first female fighter to have ever needed to order a pay-per-view that she was a part of in order to find out what the outcome was. <laughs> I felt so bad for her. Because that girl, up, she was like, when she, do we start? What do you mean? I got to get out she there. She got up pissed. I knew what happened. For those people who have never understood why some people get knocked out and be, and be mad, it's because they literally lose consciousness and snap back so fast they don't even realize it happened. And also, seen, keep something in mind about losing consciousness. The impact of them hitting the ground jarred them back. And also keep something in mind about losing consciousness. When you lose consciousness fast, you lose time backwards. And what I mean by that, and and Lawler said this, he doesn't remember that day that he had a heart attack at Raw. He remembers that morning. The whole journey there, getting there, locker room, coming there, calling everything, everything that happened. All he remembers is the day, the beginning of the fucking day. If somebody knocks you off, it's like you wake up and you're just missing that space. You're missing shit, you know what I mean? It's kind of like, as far as she was concerned, she she was... The fight never happened. Exactly. She's ready to go. You know, she snaps back and all roads are celebrating. It's like, wait a minute, what happened? So she feels like she never even got a chance. When in reality, she got every chance and Rose kicked the chance out of her. Like, imagine training your ass off. You're hitting the hair back. Like, all right, let's go. You walk out the door and then like, man, are you okay? What do you mean? (laughs) And it's the worst when it's not like one of those Jose Aldo's where you can't get up right away. Where it's like, you pop back up, you're good to go. Not realizing you just got put to sleep. She had to watch it on the screen. Yeah, she had no idea it happened. 
those are the worst losses because it's almost like now you got to go and you got to adjust and you got to prepare. You don't know what you're preparing for. Because, yeah, sure, you could watch it on the screen, but you watch that shit as a fan. You weren't really there. You didn't feel <laughs> what caused this to go wrong. You just, as a fan, saw on the screen like everybody else. You know? Exactly. You got to... It was shitty feet to your own fucking execution. That girl hits really hard to do that, right? You know how hard you have to hit somebody? She must hit dangerously hard. Oh, yeah. Rose hits hard. She's always hit hard. It's just, I think, at least when it came to the the ultimate fire and then when she lost her title, sometimes things just didn't work out. But no, that girl... Because that other girl came in there like she got trained by Xian Chao or whatever from fucking NXT, right? She looked ready. Like she was not, she was not fucking around. Up until the point where she got hit. <laughs> that is terrible. Oh, I felt bad, God. too, just because I could see the disorientation. It was like, holy shit, everybody's trying to hold her down. She almost went Charlotte on them, right? Yeah, you could see, like, the lights were on, but not a soul was home. She was going to start taking people out to start this fight. Get the fuck out of my way. I wish I could hear what's being said to somebody when they regain consciousness without realizing they lost. I mean, all you could do is keep repeating that, right? Which is the shittiest thing you could possibly do. Be like, you got knocked out, you got knocked out, you got knocked out, you got knocked out. She, fuck, she fucked you up, she fucked you up. You got knocked out. <laughs> right. That really, you know, you're right. That's kind of like, because like, if they ask you what happened, you could literally just be like, no, you, you're out. You went, you went out. It's the most important piece of information that you have to convey to them. And the only way you could do it is by using the shortest words possible. So you're probably saying, you got knocked out, you got knocked out, you got knocked out. You know what I just thought about, too? You think that's bad. I think you've probably seen it happen a couple of times. You ever seen those cases where, like, a guy will get knocked out and then they start wrestling the ref? Oh, I love those. <laughs> like, He's so gone. He doesn't even know that's not... Like, it hasn't registered. Like, wait a minute. Why is my opponent wearing a full bodysuit? He wasn't wearing this shit. My favorite knockout of all time is when someone gets hit and they're on their back but they're still like doing their combos and moving and shit. And you look, they look like they're in their rhythm, you know, like they're on their back, but you still see them like sort of ducking and weaving and putting their guard up. Yeah, yeah, come on. Ha ha, hoo hoo, ha ha. Yeah, hoo hoo, ha ha. Like in their mind, they're still up standing up front. I always thought those were like amazing. Like, wow, that motherfucker's ready. You know, he's still boxing in his head. He's still, he's dreaming the match is still going on. Those are rare, man. But those times when you catch somebody and they're on their back and they're still sort of moving like, yeah, yeah, ha, hoo. Oh, my God, that is great. But yeah, those are uh, wild Nair fights, for sure. Though. That was probably one of my favorite events in a long time. But you know what's so funny? Punk mentioned, because he asked like what some what he thought was cool in wrestling right now. Mm-hmm. I stumbled across this thing, and I sent it to you. It's only like a minute long if we have a second to play it. And it got to me, it got me to where I'm going to start watching NXT UK again. Put it, because, in the, um, put it on our Twitter. Drop it on Twitter, and I'll get it to the Tron. Okay. Like, I have it here on my phone, but. (laughs) But yeah, so basically, it's, um, I mentioned before, if you still have not watched this match, please, for the love of God, treat yourself. It was, um. Oh, wait, I can get it. Never mind. Never mind. Walter. What was it? No, I said, never mind. I can actually get to it. Okay. But yeah, it was, um, basically, Ela Dragunov and Walter, one of the most brutal defenses I think Walter ever had in his, um, his time as champion. And. Because I guess because I hadn't watched UK in so long, I'd been missing what's been going on. We're gonna run this clip real quick, and I'm gonna explain what's going on. You gotta give and me a minute. I still gotta get this oh, yeah. thing. Oh yeah, yeah, take your time. But it's um, it's really cool storytelling on a level I've never seen it done before because it gives them a reason to work back to a rematch. Because I've always said I want to see those two go again. Like that match sold me on Dragonoff 
six and a half times over. But what's so funny is that the guy's so small, but he's so impactful. And I remember watching this angle, and I actually went back and watched some of these past NXT UKs. And it was crazy because I'm sitting there thinking to myself, like, I haven't seen storytelling that's had me invested like this. Because now I really want to see where the end game is. Because for those who have not watched this match, this clip even shows a little bit of it. Dragunov took a brutal beating to the point where I think Walter had to choke him unconscious and then close on him to finish it. Because the fucking kid wouldn't stay down and he wouldn't go away. So much to the point where I think it got so intense they were shit talking each other in each other's native languages. Which is intense, but also the funniest thing I've ever seen in my life. Which, but by yeah, the way, they, they're canceling the takeover over there. You heard about that, right? Yeah, yeah. Dublin, uh, takeover Dublin got shut down. Well, that I sucks. I wonder if that has to do with like how things with their situation is over there. I'm pretty sure it does. I mean, why else would it? I heard there was also a ticket thing too, where the, where the tickets weren't selling or something, which probably has to do with the situation over there anyway. Yeah, because I know, you know they've been. What are you doing? Uh, I'm sorry, uh, I left a gentleman. Your thing came with some sort of a fucking ad. Fuck you, ad. <laughs> but yeah, check this. Like this is the. It's almost eerie, but very intriguing to see like what what's going on in this. We gotta wait for this bullshit to pass first. Oh, fucking ads. Nobody wanted you ads. Ads we wanted you just about as much as this return we're gonna get when we get to Raw. Oh, can't wait to talk about that shit. I could. I don't know how you keep the energy to talk about that shit. Because I you know, saw it, it and I was like, oh. It's because the stand-up comedy, the stand-up comedian in me laughs my way through it. All right, well, here's your clip. What the fuck? That motherfucker scary looking, isn't it? It's like a weird tone, though. Like, what? Yeah, it does seem like a PTSD. What the fuck are we watching? So, to break down what's been going on, because I actually went back and watched some of these edits, all these UKs. One thing that they showed that happened in that match with Walter is, first of all, he focused highly on Ela's neck. But one of the things he happened to do was chop him in the back of the neck. So Dragunov took time away, healed himself back up. And as he's having some of these matches, every once in a while what's happening is somebody hits that same chop. And what's cool about it is I, what I like about it is you can tell by looking look in Ela's eyes, he's back in that match with Walter. So it's almost like it's like a weird it's like almost like a V like you know how like we see like a Vietnam war net war vet, they hear firecrackers off and in their head it's gunfire. It's really cool and I like how I like where it's going because it seems like if you it's almost like a Joseph Park thing where you make him bleed. You hit that spot in the back of his neck and he's back in the match with Walter. And it's like the first fucking thing in front of him. Because you see at one point he goes for a ref, at one point he goes for a cameraman. He hit that last guy with a fucking old Gary Goodridge UFC one knockout where he puts him in the crucifix and elbows him to hell. It's made me kind of want to get back in the NXT UK again, just because first of all, he's one of my favorite guys there, but that's interesting storytelling because you kind of have to think back to that match to understand what's going on. 
And kind of like you said, it has like an eerie, almost disturbing tone to it. Because the whole thing is like, why is it that, like, how badly was he affected by that match to where that one motion triggers him all over again? Because Dragunov's already terrifying as it is. Yeah, but then definitely. To know, to, then to know that there's a trigger that brings out, like, this unholy level of violence, it makes it to where, like, I'm wanting him and Walter to go at it again. Because yeah, he, I think, I'm pretty sure, if my memory stays me correct, he came closer than anybody. Yeah, well, it's definitely interesting if they execute it correctly, you know? Yeah, and so far, from what I've been seeing, it's been done well. Because I don't know that it's happening every match. And if it has been happening every match, it's not like it hasn't happened too many times. But it's enough to where like people are starting to put two and two together. And know that it's like it's that one chop, and he's right back in there again. But what if they just stop every- doing that to him then, you know? That's, that would be the, the, the problem with that. Is, hey, we, we don't yeah. chop him. Okay. Right, like, just, don't, just don't do that. He'll be right back in the fucking match. <laughs> But yeah, it's an interesting little bit of storytelling they have going over there. I'm definitely, sometimes, I'm definitely going to see if I can work them back into my schedule again. Yeah, sometimes those triggers work and sometimes they don't. I mean, look at this chick, Sue Young. Like, I don't know. That, what, I don't know. That what thing sucks doing. now. I don't know what they're doing either, and I should. You know, you know it, I shouldn't you know, have it's to. Because it's not even, there's not even a thing that's like causing them to switch. They just switch for no reason. Yeah, they like they're lazy about it now. Like they already ruined it. Like I like that, that whole that thing. That would be like if Dragonov was in the match and this next thing you know he just snaps. Like I don't even care about the Susan Sue Young thing anymore. They fucked it up. You know, like, that's why I mean you got to be careful with that kind of stuff. You know, so yeah, I just hope it's executed it, correctly. Like, if you're gonna do something like that, you keep it consistent, and they've already kept it consistent. The fact that it's this particular thing that's being done and it just manages to happen, but yeah, they like, don't. Never watch Impact for consistency. Like since their fucking birth, whether you like them or not, whether they were good or bad, they've never been consistent. Nothing's ever remained in a, <laughs> in, a, in, a in a stable state in Impact at all. They've been as fucking consistent as Game of Thrones or Walking Dead, where like you have a rotating cast of characters because they're all dying, but except in Impact, nobody's dying. In season one of Impact, you had to be careful of the guns so the fucking walkers didn't hear. In season ten, everybody's just shooting willy fucking nilly. Like at least like in stuff like in Game of Thrones and Walking Dead, there's a reason why you can't get too attached to the poster that you have. You know what I mean? Like characters well, come like and I'll go. There, don't get don't get too attached to your wallpaper, motherfucker. But they're more consistent than Impact. That roster is more unstable than anything. They should have had a Talking Dead. Think about it. If any if any show should have had a Talking Dead with Chris Hardwick, it should have been Impact, and then they always have the you know person on. Oh, we're not going to tell you who the guest is tonight, guys. You know what that means. Oh, my God. You know, how, you know how many back dinners they have? And as you guys expected tonight, it's Chavo. Oh. <laughs> Why do we do that simultaneously? <laughs> I just happened to hear it. I'm like, no fucking way. Remember they FISA fired his ass? Bro, it's a shoot firing when you open the briefcase surprise you're fired in real life it's a shoot fire i love that like that they did that with other people that's just how they got rid of the curry man gimmick keep you but on your toes beast or fired him keep you on your toes you'll tune into impact every week even if you're employed you know feast of fire that's the worst booking ever right Fuck, oh I don't want to be in that God. match. That match with a kick on the nuts. I remember they gave Angelina Love one of her championship brains through that thing. Yeah, I remember like the that. Fucking, the, the, fucking brief, the fucking title was just in the briefcase. What is shit? That's how, matter of fact, that's how Tara, a.k.a. Victoria, lost her title. Because she just didn't grab the briefcase that had her belt in it. How do you take a title off somebody like that? Oh, boy. So, in other news, as you guys know, The Rock will be playing Black Adam. That's right. 
And apparently in this movie, the Black Adam film, there's going to be a college version of Black Adam. And The Rock chose the actor to play the college version of Black Adam in this movie. And surprise, surprise, it's the same fucking guy that plays the college version of The Rock in Young Rock. Which, if you have not watched that show, fix your life. Which, by the way, congratulations on getting renewed for season two. Yeah, congrats. But yeah, I guess The Rock likes him as a teenage him so much that he's using him as a teenage him in Black Adam. So whenever The Rock needs a guy to be a teenage him, he's just going to go to that same guy. Look at that. That's the best typecasting ever. The guy's good. I don't blame him. Yeah, like, like I really, I said, the, the whole time I've been watching Young Rock, I feel like I've literally been watching his life. And I, everybody who's played younger versions of him have done absolutely fantastic. Like I said, best typecasting ever. Everywhere The Rock goes, that he needs a teen version. That guy's going to go. He's just going to pick the same person. His name is Latukifu. So he's really Samoan guy? <laughs> that's awesome. Because that's, wow. <laughs> Still. Yeah, good for him. Yeah, congrats to him. Isn't that crazy? The Rock's such a powerful guy, right? Like, he gets to choose who plays him and shit. You gotta be on a high level of Hollywood to have that kind of privilege. Like, if that motherfucker wants Rob Schneider to play him, Rob Schneider's fucking playing him. <laughs> Y'all gonna I hope not. Fuzzy Rock, and you can't nobody say shit. I'll have an issue with it. <laughs> Definitely will have an issue with that one. We'll be sitting there, it doesn't matter what your issue is with it. In other news... The D-O-double-G is back in NXT, according hey. to PW Insider, at least. So, yeah, Road Dog, who's recovering from a heart attack, is back at NXT. We don't know if he's on duties, if his on-roll duties were any different, but probably not. So he's probably back there as a producer. So good for Road Dog. Once again, he'll be back behind the scenes at NXT with Triple H and Sean. Yep, good to know he's feeling better. Yeah, very good. That is a nice little setup. That, that explains why that's my favorite show, you know, because I've always been a click guy and I've always been a DX guy. But yeah, I, I really like NXT's booking, man. Like everything on NXT keeps oh, yeah. me entertained the whole time. Like I don't really have anything to complain. I could just sit back and enjoy it, you know? Yeah, true that. And it makes you look forward to what's going to happen. Like it makes you like wonder like, okay, what's going to happen next week? Mm-hmm. And partially because, let's be real, at this point, if it's not Raw or SmackDown, you know it's actually going to be different. That's the unfortunate part that the main roster suffers for. You don't really have to look forward to next week because you just watch what's probably going to happen next week with just like two or three people in different spots. Whereas NXT, I literally do not know what's going to happen next week. Yeah, they keep it creative. They keep it super creative. So Seth Rollins basically made a comment. Apparently, he feels that the Young Bucks stole his jacket. Oh, yeah. Apparently, they they, they jacket drip. Did they really? I think. He said, congratulations to my jacket on a successful trip through the forbidden door. Hashtag embrace the division, hashtag ringleader. Yeah, the forbidden door. That's what Tony Khan calls that crossover world, right? Yeah. Yeah, it does kind of look like they stole his jacket. What do you think? Deliberate or coincidence? Do they have similar like taste? coincidence. I mean, it's not I like they, they don't make leather back. jackets with fur collars. I've seen them. I think I own one, actually. Oh, you weren't kidding? There is a debate going on about who has more drip? Really? I mean, that's what from the fucking article. I thought that's why you said that. No. <laughs> you mentioned the drip part, and I'm looking here, and I'm literally in the fucking ringside article. Now you the debate is, is being waged about who has more drip. It, you know what the bad part is? The only reason I even said that was just because I remember that's what they called it. It's like Rollins drip. Oh, my God. Which is coincidence. I hate it. I hate it all. 
Ladies and gentlemen, I hate these stories. Ladies and gentlemen, understand, okay? It's not that hard to find a leather jacket with a fur coat. They're out there. You might have to spend a little bit of money, but they're out there. They wouldn't. They wouldn't be very lucrative if Seth Rollins was the only one that bought them. Right. The Bucks got money and shit. You think it is broke, Bucks? Come on now. So it's promotion time. Whoa. Apparently, according to PW Insider, Adam Pierce has been given the title of director of live events, and he's been moved up in terms of responsibilities behind the scenes. So he's in charge of all of the house shows, and he's got a promotion within the corporation. Vince McMahon likes him because he's credible. He brings a new approach to the on-screen authority character. So he's a Vince McMahon guy. You probably see him for the rest of your life now. I'm certainly going to see him for the rest of mine. Yep. So there you go. Congratulations, Adam Pierce. They really dig him. That goes to show that indie because well, he was a deep indie guy, right? Oh Look yeah. Look at him now. He actually. Um, I don't know if you remember this little period of time in TNA history. He was actually the one. He did. He did one of the gut checks. Was it one of the ones that Ric Flair fucked up? <laughs> I don't think it was that one. Do you remember that shit? I remember. Ric Flair just started to shoot. He was like, forget that. I'm giving this guy a thumbs up. Woo! And it wasn't supposed to go that way. And they were like, fuck, man. Now we got to give this guy a contract because of fucking Rick. <laughs> I remember that one. As crazy as we say wrestling is now, can you believe that there was a point where TNA was that fucking out of whack? <laughs> We're fucking Rick Flair was just throwing people contracts. They legit would just shoot hiring people during the fucking gut checks because Rick Flair fucking fucked them on the vote and went to business for himself. He can't do shit about it now. <laughs> like, how do you do that, man? That couldn't happen nowhere else, man. I say with a tear in my eye, thumbs up. That's the problem with wrestling. That's the problem with if you haven't been in the business as long as the rest. That's the one advantage that WWE has is that its office, its guerrilla position guys have been in it longer than any of the wrestlers in most cases. When the people in, when the people that are in the ring are your veterans, you never know what kind of shit they might pull. <laughs> you know, <laughs> they got tenure, so you can't say shit. Because I certainly didn't see that coming. Even when it happened, it felt like it happened, but it was like, did Rick just? I'm like, no, he wouldn't have done that. He's like, there's, like, there's no, po- there's no way that they would do that. But then it was like later on, I read it. It was like, oh shit, he did. He just decided. I like that guy so much that fuck the script. Woo! <laughs> it was like, but Ricky was supposed to get eliminated here, man. You literally like. <laughs> That is great. Oh, man. Following up in the promotions, we get another promotion because John Laurinaitis was moved into overseeing talent relations, which gave Jason Jordan a new role. He's taking Laurinaitis' old role of the lead producer. He's going to be seeing all the TV tapings and stuff. Look, at everybody's moving up in ranks here, huh? I remember hearing about this one because it was like, man, it does suck that his career got cut off so early, but that is a really cool opportunity for him. Because I think it, it's a it's a fresh, young pair of eyes in that spot. His career must have been more over than they ever let us know, considering that literally one Monday he was a wrestler and the next Monday he was a producer. You know, it wasn't even like there was time between that. It was just like, producer. I remember it was like, literally. We we, we, I mean, we actually had a leaked thing from, you know, so how sometimes we get those leaks to tell us who produced these segments. And he was like on it already. Yeah. Oh, so, well, at least he got something, you know, he has a more secure job than most. Yeah, he ain't getting no trash bag no time soon. Mm-hmm. Uh, Tony Khan, he talked a little bit about what we spoke about last week, the AEW move to uh, move off of Wednesdays. And it doesn't really sound like it's something that's going to happen. So I wouldn't really worry about it. He's quoted as saying, I know Wednesday night is our slot in our home. I'm thrilled with our partnership with TNT. It's the lifeblood of our company and our primary revenue source. 
it's the way most of our fans get exposed to AEW and see our show every Wednesday that we do Dynamite. For a lot of wrestling fans, it's a really important night of the week. I want everyone rest assured that they're not going to have to worry about these kinds of major. We have a contract with over two and a half years left for Wednesday nights in this slot. If there was ever an opportunity to move or a deal to be had, I would consider it. If we did something, it would have to be a really good deal for AEW to make sense for us. As it stands right now, that is the spot we're in. If we move, I would certainly consider it a deal if there was something in it for EW. So, I mean, it's not like they're secure for two and a half years, aside from occasionally when sports and shit are going to be on there. Yeah, they're locked in for a good bit. Yeah, I figured as much. So, good. We don't have any more chaos as far as that kind of stuff goes. Um, Apparently, AEW is close to signing Tessa Blanchard and Daga. Yeah, that is uh, her husband, which I believe... Daga released relinquished a championship at um at a triple A event. So yeah, that might be a sign that they definitely are coming soon, which that would be big for them. Especially when it comes to like the Mexican wrestling and the Lucha Libre market. To get Daga and Tessa Blanchard, that'd be a pretty big deal. Refresh my memory, but isn't Tessa Blanchard the one who almost somehow stole the Impact World Heavyweight Championship? Yeah. That yeah, that was their female world champion. Yeah, that's, be uh, careful that's, that's, with that's, that one. <laughs> that's Tully's kid, yeah. She, yeah, she almost stole the Impact World Championship. It's both a red flag for her and, as usual, a red flag for Impact. Because one's going to ask years from now, how did this company ever put themselves in a situation where a female almost left the company with their Impact World Heavyweight fucking title? You know what I mean? Whoops. Like, yeah, WWE guilty as charged with the women's title. You almost had a woman leave with your Impact World Heavyweight title to another fucking company. But then they're going to realize it's impact and they'd be like, oh, no, that's difficult. We kept the girl. We sent back the title. <laughs> like, come on, guys. Only in this world. People in the contracts and how that. Yeah, well, just be careful. I'm sure in AEW, they won't have any kind of stuff like that. And she'll be with her dad. So tell will to keep her in line. Yeah, I don't know much about Daga over here. Daga, um, he was a guy, another one I first started watching in uh, Lucha Underground. Very, very talented guy. So that's going to be... He, both of them are going to be a lot of fun to have in those two divisions. Definitely a little bit of star power, especially amongst like the Lucha Libre community. I feel like it's good for Tessa because the women's division needs more people, but I don't think we need more guys in AEW right now, man. Like, how many more guys are they going to put in there? You know, like, what's yeah. Daga going to do? We barely get to see the ones that are there now. There's so many of them, and we're going to have Daga. This doesn't make sense to me. Bad booking, shitty, shitty booking. Could be worse. They could be getting trash bags. Yeah, don't hold your breath. <laughs> Jericho no, spoke Tony to- Khan actually likes to spend money. No. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's one thing. He is a good spender, you know? Yeah. I'm telling you, like, WWE will forever, they will forever catch hell for that. Like, what? A trash bag, my G? But, uh, <laughs> fucking Tony over here buying people their own music. I'm pretty sure ain't nobody got that shit to worry about. Mm-hmm. Jericho spoke to Busted Open Radio. And he said that uh, we have, in regards to AEW's booking, he said we have a production meeting now before the show that wasn't happening a lot before, and we have and, and we have agents meetings and coaches meetings before the show that wasn't happening a lot before. The reason for that is so that we just don't have to have the same thing happening twice in the show. We don't want to have a beatdown with a coffee cup in, a, in segment two and then another beatdown with a coffee cup in segment three because nobody coordinated that with anyone else in the show. 
you'll see a lot of a lot more of that because we realize that we're doing some similar things in the same show so so then how can we eliminate that if chris jericho is worried about his stuff and kenny omega and dan Callis are worried about their stuff and cody rhodes is worried about his stuff we know what we're doing but we don't want to express that to each other and sometimes things are similar we have really been working on that and it's been paying off to where we're, we're not stepping on each other's toes but we're still allowing everyone to be creative and have some awesome ideas and you know that's what i've always talked about when it's like when sometimes it'll literally go from one thing that someone's doing and then the other people are having the exact same conflict and the same fucking story over and over it's like that's not good you know that's a big big no-no it's something that's like booking it should be booking one-on-one they shouldn't be just discovering that you know we shouldn't do the same thing over and over again so now we discuss it to make sure it doesn't happen yeah good fucking idea that should be the norm another thing that they were talking about jericho spoke to um wrestling observer and he said that we worked we worked with top flight um is this the the one here Oh, he said, we work with Top Flight, me and MJF against Top Flight, and I was going to put one guy in the walls and the other guy that jumps over me, sunsets me, over me, where I catapult the other brother to where he's on MJF, who's on the floor. This took me a minute to... Anyway, when we tried this thing, it fucked up so bad. Oh, I can't imagine. We tried it again, and it fucked up even worse. Oh, I can't imagine. The second that we had to try it a third time, I was like, I would never do this, but why not take advantage of it? It's a tape show. And uh, then he says, I remember with the acclaim, there was one part with, where Anthony Barnes was gonna going to give me a move and I was seeing it completely different from what he was doing. And after three complete bots, I said, okay, stop. What am I supposed to do? How does this move work? And we're having a conversation like gentlemen in the ring. He explains and I go, okay, three, two, one, do it. And no one knows the difference because it's a tape show. And he said, it took a long time to get that in your head because as wrestlers, it's like a botch. It's only a botch if you let them know it's a botch, brother. Hey, it's a botch. When you have a tape show, I edit our matches every week and promos now too because if I can make it perfect, then why not do that? Uh, so what are your thoughts on that? I mean, it is the benefit of taping your shit. You can, <laughs> you can cover up the funk. Live TV is dangerous sometimes. But at the same time, some of those spots I had to walk through in my head step by step that might be just a little bit too complex in the first place but <laughs> yeah right like hold on what the fuck's going on what is like, it's back and i can see it from both ends but yeah it's like i like yeah, I, be- I appreciate the creativity but damn that's because he worked with people that are very indie-ish there might be times that he really does not know what the hell the spot is going to be you know um but it does make sense you know to have it to have it done that way I guess. Yeah. I mean, I, I heard some people complaining that he's doing that. Like, oh, they whenever they have a chance to tape matches, they'll they'll edit it or whatever. I don't think. I mean, if they're doing it for the preservance of the quality, I don't really see an issue with it. I mean, it's like we spoke about this in the show before. Like, if you're watching this on Twitch or Facebook, you get like an unedited. This is like the live experience. But when you're watching it like on iTunes, Stitcher, TuneIn, SoundCloud, iHeart, all the all the podcasts where it's audio only, it's an edited version that I literally yeah. go in and and I and I do myself. And it's not to hide botches or mistakes or anything, but it's because it's a different experience when you're listening to us in our original form, when we were originally just an audio podcast. And uh, whereas now, we'll sometimes there'll be pauses where one of us isn't talking or both looking at something. There's, there's things that don't translate in the audio version to our live chat room in the video version. So well, sometimes where we outright just lost connection. Yeah, I feel like if we get disconnected and we got to reconnect. There's no reason for someone who's driving in their car on their way to work or listening to us to have to hear 
uh, basically information that's irrelevant. It's not that we care about the botch so much as because it's not my botch. I'm fucking perfect. Anyone who's ever around me knows that it's the technology's botch. It's it's not that we're so much worried about the botch as it is that we just want to make sure they have a cleaner, shorter experience. If you can want, if you can get all the information we're conveying in three hours and fifteen minutes, why have three hours and forty five minutes? So we don't really cut anything out so much as clean up the audio. That being said, find me another podcast on the face of the earth where their audio podcast version gets you a completely different production from their video version. Because as far as I know, I'm the only person that does that. So I can see where Jericho's from. If you can make something cleaner, why not do it? Yeah. You would, you ideally, you want to get it perfect on the first try. But if you can't and it's taped, hey, make it look a little bit better for you on the band. Mm-hmm, pretty much. There's nothing wrong with that. In reality, that's just common courtesy to your viewers or listeners. You want to give them the best-looking version you can. Yeah. All right, well, let's see what else we got going on here. Oh, Diana Perrazzo, apparently, uh, she went to a AAA event to challenge someone named Fabi Apache. Yep, Fabi Apache, one of the um, legends a girl who's one of the bigger names in AAA who's been there a long, long time. Okay, let's check this out. I want to be the first to introduce myself. My name is the virtuosa Diana Perrazzo. I am the two-time Impact Wrestling Knockouts champion. Se presenta ante ti, Fabi, dice dos veces campeona de las knockouts, y quería felicitarte. I wanted to let you know why I was here. I was sitting up there, I watched your match... My reason for coming here tonight was because my good friend Conan let me know that your championship was vacated and someone would become the winner. I wanted to challenge the winner and he let me know that if I flew here tonight, I could step up face to face and challenge you. Fabi dice que su amigo Conan le dijo que ella podía como es la campeona de knockouts venir acá. Y ver la lucha, reina de reinas, y que Conan le dijo que la que ganara eh, la lucha, ella podía retarla. Well, well, well. Para empezar, tú, Kiona, Fiona, payaso, como te llames, me tienes sin cuidado. Ahora, si tienes por amigo a Conan, créeme que no me interesa. Así es que, con permiso. Oh. No, 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 no. <laughs> nice try. You're going to listen to me and dice you're que, going to respect. Que, que la vas a respetar, dice ella. Que la tienes que escuchar. My name is Diana Perrazzo. Su nombre es Diana And at Triple Mania, how about you put your championship on the line and I'll put my Impact Knockouts championship oh. on the line. Triple wow. A for reto, Impact Wrestling. Un reto en Triple Mania, campeonato de Knockouts de Impact Contra Reina de Reinas de Triple A en Triple Manía. What do you say? ¿Qué, qué, qué dice Fabi? ¿Qué dice? Contra quien sea. Si lo quieres, venga. She just accepted Triple Manía, title against title. Título contra título en Triple Manía. A lot of cross promotion shit going on lately, huh? Right. And for those who um, want translation, Reina de Reyes basically means Queen of Queens. So yeah, that's that's a big deal. I believe um even Tessa Blanche is a former Randy Reyes champion. Uh Taya Valkyrie as well. Yeah, that's that's gonna be a hell of a fight. Hey, no, but see, this is how this is how you do cross promotion. 
not we're just gonna throw our show on our net, throw the show on the network. Like no, they are literally about to on on Triple A's WrestleMania fight, and both titles are up for grabs. That's pretty freaking cool. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, so there's a lot of interesting stuff going on lately. Everybody wanting to cross over. I mentioned last week, Will Osprey wants to go all or nothing with uh, Kenny Omega. Yep, but before... Whoops, I think I hit the wrong thing there. Sorry about that, guys. But before that even happens, uh, Andrade is going to be challenging Kenny Omega for the AAA Mega Championship. Yep, at Triple Mania 29. So look at that. You got another crossover on Andrade. La Sombra. Challenging and Kenny when you Omega. think about it with Kenny, it's almost a double because now with the Impact Championship, it's like Impact and AEW's crossover. Kenny versus Andrade is going to be awesome. Oh my god! <laughs> you know, match that might be a that might be a match of the year. That that will be that will be a match of the year candidate. That could easily be a match of the year for sure. Oh my god! Absolutely. Like, I, when I heard that, I was like, "Yep, I'm watching Triple Mania again this year." Mm-hmm. So Liv Morgan released a recent workout video or training video. I guess she's trying to get back into shape for the return that they don't seem to ever want to give her. But she looks or like she's getting better what here. She can actually do, or just showing what she can actually do versus what they let her do. They ain't never gonna let her do all that shit. They don't yeah, like when the girls do all that. Because then she'd get over. I ain't let her do all that shit. Kidding me? <laughs> you gotta oh, go somewhere else for that. Her to get over. Just really let that contract run out and come help AEW. Let that contract go out and go anywhere and do that shit. <laughs> I'm telling you, when you go to WWE, you are no longer the best because they will not let you be the best anymore. Nope. And it's sad. Because yeah, I watched hurt. that video and I'm like, holy shit, where has all this been? But then I was like, oh, wait, that's right. She's on whichever one of those shitty shows she's on. She's on the E. Like that she's girl, on. that was fantastic. So Santino tweeted out that there's something you thought you'd never hear me say, right? <laughs> right. And I know exactly what you're talking about, too. And he said, hi, Triple H and Stephanie. Remember my little daughter, Corella Bianca? Well, she's a woman now and has been coached since day one to be a total superstar. Biology degree is done this summer. Then she's ready for her time to shine. Ooh. And he tweeted this picture of her. All right. Does she know how to fight or anything? Right. She better not come in here with just a cobra. Don't you. Don't you. I was just gonna let you go wherever you go inside to go with that one. I was like, no. <laughs> it took me a minute too. No, no, no. no. <laughs> I knew it did. That's why I stayed silent. I was just like, wait for it, wait for it. Ah, You've it now convinced me why she needs to go to AEW. Oh my god! So she doesn't get the Cobra. Yep. And that's not gonna. It's definitely there. Now she has to f- fuck that. <laughs> go to AEW because you know they'll do it. You they'll have they'll to. They're gonna do it. They ha- they won't be able to help it. They can't help themselves. They can't fucking help themselves. They're gonna Cobra her. Don't let them Emma you. Or, 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 or what they're gonna do? They're gonna they're gonna switch it up. They're gonna freaking copperhead her. Oh God! And she'll still have to do that stupid dance he does. Right now, speaking of don't Emma her, holy shit! I think somebody's already about to get fucking Emma. See, I made a reference to it like two or three times, and I can't wait to get her all. Holy shit! I can. Yeah. Not a fan. 
I gotta say. I even a broken fan. Just no. You could take Raw. I think I think I think all I wrote down for Raw was was nasty remarks and jokes. So you can you can have fun with Raw. Yeah, that was about that was about my semblance of it myself. I'm pretty sure I don't have spots like fast. I don't have spots. Just mean shit to say. So that's what you want. All that was really entertaining about Raw was just the mean shit you could say. I remember once upon a time you talked about that big fight feel on Monday. Don't think that shit's here anymore with Raw. That was just the dread. I got that big fight Tuesday and Wednesday and any other day of the week. Not Monday. All right. Well, yeah, I guess we can. Uh, why not? Let's talk about these fucking weeklies already, huh? Right. What yeah, do we got to lose? Up. We're going to start off with NXT episode 452. Hard to believe there's been that many NXTs, right? Right. It, it, I'm not the only one who feels like it, it feels like that number would have been higher. Or maybe it's just like I feel like NXT has been in my life that long. Like, I mean, it has been out pretty damn long. Yeah. You know? I just almost thought, well, like, you say you say that, man. And I'm like, wait a minute. I thought there were more than that. Do they count the episodes from back when they were, we are wild and young? I don't know if they do because if that's the case, <laughs> that makes a lot of sense. Because that was like three seasons of that bullshit. Remember those episodes? I watched you know, all I of forgot them. that Naomi was the winner of the only female season. Me too. I still don't remember even you saying it. Mm-hmm. I <laughs> they like it was like the last season they did before they turned it into the real thing. And it was all female season. She was there. Wow. All right. So we had a singles match: Mercedes Martinez against Dakota Kai with Raquel Gonzalez. And the match is thrown out because Raquel Gonzalez gives the big boot to uh, what's her name? Mercedes, right? Kicked the shit out of her. It was whips her ass. Yeah. What are your thoughts on uh, on this match overall? I mean, it was nice to see Mercedes back in the mix again. I don't know where she went after that match with Io. Dakota Kai, I mean, she's starting to grow on me a little bit more. I feel like she's improved some. But yeah, this match, I would have liked to see it just go to, just to a finish, you know? DQs and NXT are kind of weird to me because like they don't they they show up rarely, but just often enough to where it's like, okay, that was different, I guess, but... Nah. One thing I've always liked with Dakota Kai though is like the creativeness with a lot of her kicks. Oh yeah, I told you guys that when I first, if you go back to when we covered the uh, whatever the hell she was in, probably the May Young Classic. May Young Classic, yeah. And we were talking about Team Kick and just how good she was and solid she was in the Indies and how you guys were going to start seeing a lot of that shit. And here we are. So she throws yeah. so they're coming from such weird angles. <laughs> yeah, like, yeah. I've never seen a girl utilize kicks like she does. And her finish of the Cairo practice is probably one of my favorites, which is basically like a, a flip lung blower in a sense. Mm-hmm. There was this really bad leapfrog botch that happened. I think we're going to get it right here, as a matter of fact. Did you see this? What the fuck was this? Watch. I mean, Martinez, one of the most... Oh! Whoops. Careful, there, girls. Chill out. Whoopsie. Yeah, is it slippy? Uh, they, There was a crucifix, I believe she did into almost a variation of a falcon arrow inverted slam type deal yeah. i could be let me see if i could bring that up and we'll <laughs> see what it's called here I, I did like this as well you see that power difference here Whoa, hey pretty cool yeah that was dope it looks so odd like i didn't know what to call it but yeah it looked like it sucked mm-hmm Bad snake eyes bump over here on the barricade, or at least the sound to it makes it seem bad, right? Oh That's cool. Sound is cool. Oh. 
I like that mesh around the top because the sound is incredible. Mm-hmm. Like, <laughs> I don't know how they structured that thing, but all oh, that sound looks rough. Yeah, no, it totally does, man. So in other news, uh, Candace clearly sent flowers to Amber and Shotzi signed Loomis to get her away from Indy Hartwell. Am I following this correctly? Yeah, she is. Uh, the way is very desperate to get that girl away from it. Mm-hmm. And you got Cameron Grimes at the jewelry store. Hey, is this gold? This was one of my favorite things. In That's history. chocolate. You know, I really hope you ain't gonna try to sell me a chocolate watch. It's always a the, chocolate the watch. Most expensive, shiniest, blingiest, most extravagant watch that was in this city. And I heard I could get it here. So what you got for me? Oh, I got something for you, Mr. Grimes. That's great, because I got nothing but time. <laughs> Come on, I ain't got all day. What are you waiting on? Oh, what's such a dick? <laughs> I love this whole time. No shirt. So, Tommaso Ciampa and Toothless Timmy confront the grizzled young veterans. Toothless Timmy, you <laughs> That's what Ciampa called him. I love it. Apparently, he loved it, too. Good promo. Ciampa knows. Yeah, I think that's going to stick, too. I know. I don't mind it. <laughs> But I like this. I like this if this is going to be the view, though. And I can't help but notice all the similarities between us. Y'all call yourselves the grizzled young veterans. Well, Toothless Timmy and I, we're grizzled. We're veterans. Toothless Timmy chaps. That's awesome. Toothless Timmy. Stylistically, though, I like this feud. This I believe thing. Was Timothy Thatcher a former Evolve champion? I believe he was, right? Former Evolve world champion? I believe he was. Uh, don't quote me on that, but I feel like he was. I know he used to be running buddies with Walter, which is going to be interesting, and now they're on the same show again. Mm-hmm. Very interesting stuff. And they want to beating these guys with shoes. Do you see that shit? Oh, my God. You know what that was, though? Like, what was it? Yeah, because it was um, Chompa and Thatcher beat him up. It was kind of funny. That's actually an old NXT UK callback. Yeah. Because there's a chant that the fans used to do for Zach, for Zach Gibson. And it was so funny because I've even seen Pete Dunn beat him up with shoes because of this chant. And I, the, it's the, that's why I fucking love the UK crowd because their chants are fantastic. It was literally, if you hate Zach Gibson, take your shoe off. And everybody in the, everybody in the crowd takes off one shoe. But there was this one show, uh, NXT UK Takeover Cardiff. How, how did that go? Shoes off if you hate Gibson. <laughs> Shoes off if you hate Gibson. Shoes off if you hate Gibson. Shoes off if you hate Gibson. You fucks him up with the shoe. <laughs> I love that that Thatcher remembered the chant because I'm telling you, go back to when the crowds were still there. The chants were some of the most fun parts of the episode because they were so long and elaborate. Oh, that's so fucking oh funny. Oh my god, that, that's like a shoot. That was really the thing. It was shoes off. You, you hate Zach Gibson and, and, and all. It's just a sea of shoes. <laughs> that is too good, man. Too too good. So, uh. You also get a Tian Sha. Tian Sha. Head Sha La. I can't fucking believe you. <laughs> I can, but I can't. Like, Let me see if I can bring this up. 
And now it's stuck in my head, you ass. I don't even hear the ring of the song now. All I hear is, Yan Sha! Shenna! Dio, do you see the shit that they put in our gilded chat room? I don't think I did. No? Oh my god, you're gonna make me you're gonna make me hunt this thing down. Yes. Oh god, it's scary to me. Some kind of that chat, that chat room is out of control. Some days, like some of y'all in there are nuts. Because it's in reference to this Tian Sha shit. I forget who put it in there. I'm gonna scroll. I'm gonna eat more time. I'm gonna scroll to it and, and find out for you. <laughs> it will be worth it. Thing <laughs> loads so slow when we're streaming all this stuff. I'm trying to find it now. <laughs> oh my god! But yeah, I, I like I like Tian Sha. Interesting character because you don't see scare. You know, I just realized though. I, I thought about it just now. I don't know if Tian Shaw is a man or a woman. I thought it was a woman. Just scary as hell. That's the only thing I can. That's the only thing I can summarize. If they're not a woman, then they're very Shang Tsung esque, right? Right. Well, maybe that's like, the I've been thinking point. about that every week, and I can't tell. Like I almost wish they'd use like a pronoun or something just so I knew. Like, but at the I'm same time, like I don't want to know because it's like it adds to the fucking to the fun. <laughs> oh, good. Yeah, I know I'm eating time for this, but it's that funny. You're right. Hey, look, all right. So it is worth. Sometimes it is worth a laugh. How many times have we ate up time for the sake of the laugh? Damn it, they don't care. Yeah, I'll <laughs> get it though. People used to make fun of us for having long ass shows. At least the shit was good, motherfucker. But yeah, I would like to see this Tian Sha do something besides just be a person. I feel yeah. I feel like it's leading up to that because we've seen Tian Sha get physical a couple of times. But like I want to see, yeah, I want to see, I want to see him like in the ring, him or her in the ring, whatever it is in the ring, like this creature in the ring. Yeah, get yourself in there already. They did a good job building it, but it doesn't find like nothing else happened after that. Yeah, it seems like it's still now kind of like a slow burn to get there because we've seen clearly that that Zia Lee and Boa know exactly what Tianxia is capable of. I kind of, I kind of like the little element of like they know, but we don't know. Well, they can't afford to have that person suck in the ring. Oh, yeah. Like, oh, my God. Could you imagine? Oh, my God. Like, I'm just going to go ahead and point that out. Could you imagine that shit? Like, I mean, another thing that went up uh, coming right after that was we decided it looks like we're going to get a hell of a match. I believe it's next week. Um, this coming, actually, tomorrow. Because uh, Isaiah Swerve Scott challenged Leon Ruff to a Falls Count Anywhere match. Mm-hmm. God help us. <laughs> and what do you think of the setup with Leon Roth and his little studio and shit doing this whole? I'm going to continue to play. <laughs> I like this that time I'm playing with your life. What do you think of his little gimmick there? <laughs> that was kind of it. It was douchey, and I like it. Yeah, like, it's I, weird I, how his, his babyface really run think... didn't last long at all. Yeah, but I I feel like I'm more interested in the heel run right now which is funny that was kind of the case in lucha underground when the kill shot character turned heel i was more interested in kill shot as a heel than i've been as a face for a little bit hmm, there's a little yeah. of arrogance that he can get to and it's really well done if you know how to work it right mm-hmm. so uh i just want to see him actually do something though you know it just feels yeah, like his whole his like whole gimmick is about being salty 
yeah, like his whole gimmick feels like it's just about being a salty uh, person. You know, there's too many characters that have that thing where it's like they try to come, they got to push, they job out a lot, and then they're salty. They got to add a little bit more flavor to that, you know, where it's like if there's give me a reason. So at least there's some empathy in there, not just that they lost and now they're mad. Can't keep doing that over and over and over again. Anyway, after that, we had uh, Tony Storm versus Zeta Ramir. And in a shocker, Ramir going over with, I don't think I've ever seen another girl hit this with a shooting star. Yeah, but it wasn't just a shooting star. There were a couple of things that factored into this. Zoe, Zoe Stark winds up distracting her. Yeah, because that feud's still rolling. Yeah, that was the main thing. Well, now Storm. Again, See, we got it up here now. Zoe Stark. She said the next chapter of her career is ending Zoe Stark. She could be moments away from ending the very young career. Of, well, there's Stark. That's what she wanted. She wanted Zoe Stark out here. Well, she wanted it now. Ramir trying to fight back. Right after right. Storm dropped all the way to the mat. How nice is she? Looking down at Tony Storm. By the way, she's from uh, she's from Booker T School. She's from Reality of Wrestling. Yeah, you get a good little breed coming out of that school. Mm-hmm. Yeah, really that cool. Was a nice, that was a nice shooting star, though. Very cool. More distance yeah. than I usually see, because that move's not designed for distance. They must have a lot of faith in that girl to to push her over a freaking uh, Former Tony UK Storm. Women's champion at Tony Storm. Like. Tony Storm also seems like she's been on the decline, too, though. Yeah, she's she's been in a rut. I don't know quite what's been going on, but... Yeah. It's a bit weird. All right. Hopefully so she can pull her way out of that because she's been one of my favorites. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'm still getting the stuff. Don't worry. I haven't forgotten about the Tian Shot thing. I promise you. We'll go uh, back to it though. Next, we get we'll Bronson get Reed against uh, Austin Theory, being accompanied by Candice LeRae and the Hard One Johnny Gargano. The rest of the way to finish being more of this Loomis in the romance shit going on to bring up here. So you guys can see. I'm not sure where this is gonna go, but it's. I love that every week it's something different. She said, you talk too much. Now we're going to get it. I'm watching it. Recharging right in. Taking out Austin Theory. I sense a natural disaster for Austin Theory. Austin rebound. Can you feel the magic? Because I certainly can. Bodies are down. Bronson Reed bringing it home. That has got to be the scariest sight to see that big motherfucker coming off that top rope. Mm-hmm. Yeah, for like, sure. <laughs> I'd be scared as hell taking a spot. You would have to reassure me to the very end I'm going to be okay. I happen to find this. Let me see if I could just just give me a minute here. I thought this would be a good uh, graphic. <laughs> Don't ask me why. <laughs> It has everything you'd want in the graphic. <laughs> I'm about to pop up my motherfucking screen right now. Oh. <laughs> when them hot pockets come out piping, goddamn. 
You even have Indy pissed off in the background. <laughs> All right, boys. This one's mine. <laughs> Everybody else run away. <laughs> I got it. I got it. When the bar fight's over, I ain't hear no bell. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my God. Oh, shit. All I see is the fucking Randy Marsh. I ain't hear no bell. Oh, oh, that might be it. See, right there. Oh. Look how perfect that is. <laughs> so perfect. Oh, man. Ah, too funny. Too, too funny. And yes, oh. I'm still struggling to, uh, I believe it was EB who posted it. Let me look back on the, uh, on the Gilded chat room. Oh, it's like, God. if I say what it is, I'll spoil it. It sucks because the podcast people aren't going to be able to get it at all. Oh, sad face. <laughs> Oh my god, but yeah. But I got it, it, so here we go. Oh, you, oh god. Let me see this shit. Okay, so this was the this is the thing that we saw, the Tian Sha thing, right? Oh no. Oh god. This might look familiar to some people. Oh no. And that's why. Oh. Oh my god, that's amazing. You just need one more person. <laughs> One more Asian and it's death row. <laughs> oh, <laughs> that is too good, man. That was so worth it. You know what we can do here? Get really wild with it. Put Funaki at the top. Yeah, now we got them all. One big family portrait. You want to be a star? Come to death row. <laughs> Okay, okay. Anyway. Oh, on with NXT. You had the tag team match of Drake Maverick and Killian Dane against Imperium's Fabian Eichner and Marcel Bartel. This was really interesting because at first it went over my head why Drake Maverick was paranoid about going out there with Killian Dane against Imperium because it was like, why would you care that he's out there with Imperium? But then you think about one of Imperium's members. Yeah, it started to hit me. And exactly he played back into it after the match. Yeah, because I was confused. I was like, why would he care? Like, does he have some association with those guys? He shouldn't give a fuck. That's like what attacking part. But there's a lot of drama here because you have former Sanity members on both sides. You have yeah, Alexander Alex- Wolf, who was formerly in Sanity. So was Killian right? Dane. Yeah, so there's like a moment of hesitation here where like, uh, it seemed more on Alexander Wolf's side that he didn't want to attack Killian Dane, right? Yeah, because um, basically the finish of this match, Maverick, of course, got killed off with that elevated spinning uppercut. But um, at one point in the post-match shenanigans, the uh, Wolf has a chance to hit Dane over the back with a chair, and he stops. And it's kind of interesting that all these years after Sanity, they like neither of them, in a sense, has forgotten that connection they used to have. And yeah. it's like Dane, like like Wolf has this moment where it looks like, wait a minute, me and this guy used to be fucking brothers. Like, am I really about to just haul off and hit him with this chair? Maverick is Dane right on top of Eichner. And look at Drake Maverick go. There's this moment of hesitation here, too. Look at this. Maverick's pants about to fall down in the... Wolf standing between for a moment, I was saying. Yeah, so it's weird. It's almost like that because they're former sanity members. Like, now, after all this time, there's a thing. Yeah, but then again, this is the first time I think they've been in the same place in sanity. Yeah, it's been actually, literal years. Actually, yeah, yeah. This is the first time. This was the first time they'd ever been on camera together since Sandy split. Well, that's nice the way they pieced that together, you know. Yeah, and it 
definitely makes it to where you have to think back because if you don't know what's going on, then somebody else has to tell you, like, yeah, they used to be in a group together. They are actually former tag champions. Mm-hmm. Yeah, definitely interesting stuff there. So I believe the main event was a six-man tag match, right? That is correct. Kushida and MSK, Nash Carter and Wesley against Legado de Fantasmas, Joaquin Wilde, Raul Mendoza, and Santos Escobar. Not Cesar Santos, like I said last week. Mm-hmm. What do you think of the match? Oh, this match was everything I expected it to be with these six guys. Uh-huh. Like, this and was... <laughs> when I realized this was the main event, I was like, yo, we can't get to this shit fast enough. But yeah, the match was absolutely great. Let's get, get this. Nasty Kushida table bump here. Santos Escobar. What's on Escobar's mind? Whoa, guys, watch out! Oh! oh. Mm-hmm. That is the table bump of the week, I guess. Yeah, but uh, the finish of this match, a little bit of a shocker, at least for me. Mendoza and Wild hit a running, hit the Russian leg sweep and running drop it running drop kick combination on Carter for the win and Legago if it has the win and then yes, pose with all three championships yeah very cool very interesting I do like that stable so I think that that's really good yeah. they definitely they grew on me as time went on so NXT did 744,000 viewers with a point to 22 in the 18 to 49 demographics so they are down by over 100,000 viewers and they're also down a point in the demographic Spoiler alert, all wrestling is down this week. Yeah. Everybody has everybody suffering in one way or the other. Mm-hmm. That brings us to speaking of suffering, AEW Dynamite, which I'm gonna say once again, I do really enjoy everything happening in NXT. That's like oh, my yeah. show. Great. I think the booking is more for me than anything on AEW right now. But we will go over some AEW now. And uh that starts off with a singles match, Brian Cage against Adam Page, right? Yep, Hangman Page versus the Machine. Mm-hmm. Interesting enough match. Uh, I believe that uh, the finish was an Arihara moonsault, but when he goes for the buckshot, Cage um, catches him in a, in a fireman's carry, and then he slams him, hits him with a buckle bomb, and then follows it up with the drill claw, and I believe I actually have that finish here for you. Even with the Michael Elgin special. Mistake, mistake. Hangman, oh, Moonsault comes crashing down on Brian Cage. Not mistake, damn. And the number one ranked Hangman has a very realistic opportunity of hanging on. He took a big chance here with the smooth salt off the top buckle. I got to tip my cap to Hangman Page. That was impressive. Hangman looking for oh, the no, buck no, no, no. shot, but oh, Brian well, Cage, well scouted. Wow. Beautiful. Match is over. Look on the far leg. Oh, no. Hangman still in this fight. Scout general with Scout Buckshot Lariat. Uh-uh. And we are seeing... Look at this. My God. The beast. And then the buckle bomb. Did you see how Hangman's head was jarred by that? Drill Claw City. Here we go. That's his move. The Drill Claw's got him down. Hangman's going to fight out of this. One, two, three. And there you go. I do like how he gave him like almost like the Michael Elgin treatment. How like Elgin used to hit the power bomb, then the buckle bomb, then his finisher. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I did like that too. Yeah. And that drill claw is a nasty looking move. So it's probably my most entertaining 
segment of AEW was next with Kenny Omega in this tiny ass limousine with everybody. Um, <laughs> but this reaction here was oh so God, funny. Yes. Whether it be fans, whether it be wrestlers, whether it be management, trying to take us down a notch, it's not going to happen because everywhere we go, the gold follows. Everywhere we, everywhere we go. Keep in mind that last week, Moxley and Eddie Kingston attacked their trailer. They ran their truck into their trailer. The money follows. But they signal them with horns. We'll be like every other week. The next week, we'll be like every other week because we're not going to be intimidated and we're not going to be scared. No, I ain't scared at all. Afraid. I'm not afraid. No. And what you did last Why week has left me feeling unfazed. So read my lips and look into my eyes. I am not afraid. What the hell was that? Are they there? Are they there? I'm sorry. I pushed the wrong button. Yeah, I love the fact that the fucking champagne went flying everywhere. They were like, oh, oh are they there? Are they there? He, he got me because in my head I was like, wait, again? <laughs> oh, man. Certain things where I like with AEW. With NXT, it always feels kind of more serious. With AEW, they like to make you laugh too. And that was fucking funny. NXT does a lot of funny shit. Are you kidding me? The, you don't think that the way is funny? The way is hilarious. You know what it is? Because at times I feel the need to take the way more seriously. But then, nah, nah. You're right. Yeah, no, nah, I, I laugh out loud all the time with them. And the Loomis stuff, that's a funny storyline. Oh, God. You know what it is? Because Loomis fucking scares me so much. I forget the way is funny. Yeah, they have some of the most interesting stuff. And, and, then also, and, then, and then also Cameron Grimes. Cameron Grimes stuff is hilarious. Which, which by the way, we didn't touch on the fact that Ted DiBiase comes and buys the watch, right? I forgot about yeah, that. But he yeah. bought a watch and then Ted had a better one. Mm-hmm. He was like, this is a million dollar watch. Yeah, so Cameron Grimes. You know, there's a lot of good stuff. I like NXT as far as that goes. So now we get the AEW World Tag Title Eliminator match. Um, Matt Seidel and Mike Seidel. Um, the Seidels against the Young Bucks' Matt and Nick Jackson. And uh, yeah, overall, very solid stuff. What were your thoughts here? Oh yeah, great, great match. Um, it is cool to see that you know, team with his brother because until they brought him in the AEW, I didn't even know he had a brother. But uh, yeah, th- this match was great. Of course, obviously the finisher, no surprise. Um, they actually want to. So they actually almost caught him with a with a crucifix, but not BTE trigger for the win. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I got that up on screen for you guys right now for anyone who's interested in seeing this finish. Which, now that I'm thinking about it, which one are you like? Oh! The first one was a Johnny Cage low blow. What a phenomenal athletic maneuver by Matt. Then it was a super kick, dual, dual super, super kick. kick. To Matt Seidel. That was a Johnny Cage low blow. And now, Mike Seidel. So kudos to them for using the Johnny Cage low blow there. That was nice. I like that callback. Which one, mm-hmm. if you had to pick one of their finishers though, like which one do you prefer more? The melter driver or that this nasty BTE trigger? Probably the melter driver just because everybody's doing some sort of a knee thing nowadays. I'm getting kind of annoyed with it. Everyone hits you with the fucking knees. Yeah. You know, most people don't even know how to stop and actually not hurt you. Too many knees. Yeah, I don't know. Just something about catching a knee to each side of the head. But then again, at the same time, for me, see, I'll see. I'm I'm torn between the two because I love the idea of a flip spike pile driver, but I also like the fact a knee in somebody in both fucking temples. Mm-hmm. 
and, and the leg slap that they're allowed to do just adds to it. Yeah. Yeah, it's okay. But for me, I think it would go with the Melsa Driver if I had to pick one. So uh, I did like certain spots in this match. I did like the Melsa Driver speaking of that got count- countered by Seidel here. Matt Seidel those kicks chopping at the IT band, the iliotibial band on Matt Jackson. But look at this great counter up into the tombstone pile driver. No, Matt Seidel. The slice and the jawbreaker. The Mariposa, Matt Seidel. Very cool, right? Yeah, that is a dope looking move. And his moonsault and chorus moves have always looked fantastic. I don't know how he gets so much air on some of these moves. Mm-hmm. And uh crazy fall off the top here. Let me see if I could get to it. Yeah, here we go. He's back in. The other door may be closing. The Sidell brothers. Well, then again, maybe not. Leaping arc on Rana there. Matt's still feeling the effects. Yeah, that question mark kick rocked Matt Jackson. And now Sidell up on the top. Oh, no. Oh, God, what a car wreck. Car wreck bump there. But yeah, overall, good stuff. Yep, very, good very good stuff. Good stuff. Next, we had a singles match of Art Cassidy being accompanied by Trent Barretta against Penta El Cero Miero with Alex Abrahantes. Finish being Cassidy going over via assist from Trent, of course, right? And also, did Penta have new music there? I believe he has new music now, right? Yeah, I think he has um his own singles music now from when he's not teaming with uh, Phoenix. Look at one of them right now. As Excalibur just told you, there's no one quite like Orange Cassidy, who certainly, as the old cliche goes, as his work cut out for him here this week. Did he always have this? Nope, this is new. Okay. From Mexico City, Mexico, weighing 198 pounds, Penta El Cero. You know, Excalibur, you you live down there in San Diego. What does, uh, how do you say nerd in Spanish? (laughs) I'm not quite sure but let's hear from alex abrahantes and Pat pretty cool right earlier today Speaking of nerds, very cool i do like that yeah yeah it is better to have his own especially because those two are notorious for sometimes just breaking off and doing their own thing well, they're definitely redoing all of the music in AEW, you know. So good, Everybody good for them for that. Stuff that makes their own have their own identity now. Mm-hmm. Yeah, really good match, also. You know, oh, surprising. Yeah. I mean, it's it's two guys you really can't get a bad match out of. Surprisingly, that uh, Cassidy goes over here. I did like Pentecast catching Orange out of that suicide dive here. Beautiful near fall on the crucifix by Orange Cassidy. This match has been. Yeah, oh, right. is the unorthodox. Already quite a match. Here we go. Watch out. Orange cast. Oh, look at him. Look at that. Caught by intercepted by Penta. So this spot made me think about something. I'll tell you after the clip's over. Okay. Ah, oh, he throws him there. Jesus. Yeah, go ahead. So when I saw him do this, I remember we talked about the fact that when it came to the death triangle, wondering like how Pac exactly fits in. Mm-hmm. And it hit me. Pac is so with with Penta and Phoenix, they're always kind of like the the yin and yang. Where Phoenix is obviously the most athletic, whereas Penta not necessarily the most athletic. He's also the stronger of the two brothers. 
Here's where Pac fits in and what it makes it interesting for that trio as a group. You have Pac, who's a little bit stronger than Phoenix, but more athletic than Penta. So I feel like where he fits in is, let's say you have a case where the Lucha Brothers are teaming. One goes down, Pac can fill in that spot because he's going he's gonna to be able to fill that other half in for whichever one is still standing. Yeah, but so with the other Lucha guy, they had that that fit better. Well, see, no, see, Laredo kid, he's not, he's not stronger than Phoenix. So they, for for them to keep that balance of power and speed, that the dynamic that they've had, that's where Pac would fit in. Yeah, I guess it just didn't have as convincing of a look for me. Yeah, yeah, that's the yeah, the look is the look is where it where it unfortunately suffers, but where I see like the purpose behind it, it fits perfectly. Yeah, but yeah, that's fucking crazy. Like he caught him up and just held him with one hand. I didn't realize Penta was that strong. Hmm. Yeah. Very solid looking <laughs> stuff there. That's small. So we also had like a Moxley freaking Eddie Kingston hostage situation, essentially. Yeah. <laughs> with a freaking Nakazawa, right? And, and then with Omega, they basically hold their ankles hostage to getting a match with Omega the following week. I, I like those they, two together. They're, they're, they're fun. Because first they have Nakazawa at the ramp and they have him in a chair to break his ankle, but then Moxley comes from behind who attacks Omega, who's at the top of the ramp, drags him down, gets him in a, in a freaking chair to break his ankle, and makes him agree to have a match the next week at Blood and Guts. Yep, so, so we are getting Eddie Kingston and John Moxley versus Kenny Omega and Nakazawa. That'll be fun. You get a singles match of Penelope Ford being accompanied by Kip Saban with, uh, against Chris Statlander with Orange Cassidy. Orange distracts... Uh, Orange basically had, comes with the distraction, and then I believe Chris Statlander hits like her cradle power driver on Penelope, right? The Big Bang Theory. Mm-hmm. You get a singles uh, or six-man tag team match. The Nightmare Family, Billy Gunn, Dustin Rhodes, and Lee Johnson against the, fac- the, the Factory. Aaron Solo, Nick Comorado, and QT Marshall with Anthony Ogogo. Dude, I got to be honest. I didn't give a fuck about this. I don't care about the Nightmare Family or the QT Marshall Factory or the Nightmare Factory or any of that shit. I think it's one of the weakest things, and I had no interest. The spot with Cody on the bus with QT in the figure four was like the only saving grace to the whole thing. I think other than that, this I couldn't be more disconnected or disinterested uh, of an angle than I already am with them. You know, and here's that spot for anybody that didn't get to see it. Like they want us to care about that night fan, fan, but they're shoving it down our throat and it's not even remotely interesting. You know? So that's a bit of a waste. We get to witness the end of Kip and Miro. A brutal end. Yeah, absolutely. Let's bring that up for you guys to see. This, this was one of them come and get me Chino ass weapons. I have no idea why you guys seem to think this is such a big deal. Everything's fine. I, I know you've been... No! Oh. 
Come on, mate. Come on, mate. It's time, on, to, mate. Pay it's time <laughs> to pay the dues. You ready, I'm mate? Sorry. I'm sorry. You ready? I'm sorry. 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 And he says, good talk. I don't think the kid's saving and joy. That is something else, man. Some savage shit. You beat the shit out of me that hug me. After that, you get the AEW TNT title match. Darby Allen with Sting against 10. Being accompanied by all of them. All of the Dark Order guys. I will say 10 did a good job, even though I didn't care about the match. The guy is really good. You know, he held his own in this. You know, we had PTSD Sting. Because Sting goes after anything that has the world order in it. Like, he doesn't seem to understand that they're baby faces. Look at the way he's acting here. Look at him. Look, Sting's ready. He's having NWO flashbacks. Look at the look on his face. He's ready to kill. If not, he's crawling right here. See how he's looking at those guys? They look like fucking NWO to him. All Steve wants to do is get this fight fair. Sure, and that's all he's ever done for Darby. He's like, I've dealt with orders before. I wish one of y'all would. Look at that, he's walking them down, boy. Not playing around at all. Walking on the dark order. (laughs) Unbelievable. That's funny, I like it because it does show how protective he is of Darby, but yeah, at the same time, it's like, damn, man, you could... So after the match, Ethan Page and Scorpio Sky attach the Sting and Darby. How exciting. Lance Archer, who they can't decide as a heel or a babyface, comes out to save with Jake walking fucking 12 feet behind him as usual for no reason at all. Is Lance Archer a fucking babyface again? It's like I've said before. It just it doesn't seem like he's one or the other. He's that, hey, I, I, I see, I see, I've, I've been seeing him like Bray Wyatt when he first showed up, where it's like it didn't matter if he were a heel or face. I agree with you too. It doesn't seem like like he's one or the other, and I by that I mean interesting or entertaining. You know, they need to decide to put him to do fucking something besides come down the ramp. Anyway, after the show was over, Ten releases a pic of himself completely unmasked, and I mean, why not? Darby being the babyface and all, practically unmasked him during the match. Not very babyface of you, Darby. But that being said, Ten releases a picture of himself unmasked, along with the uh, post. All that loss did was make me want it more. My eyes are still on the TNT title. Hashtag AEW, hashtag Dark Order, hashtag X, hashtag AEW on TNT. So there is 10 without the mask. I see one thing, too. Um, after the match was over, Darby did hold up uh, the Brody armband that 10 still had with him. Mm-hmm. And I mean, freaking Darby Allen. Holy shit. I'm going to tell you something right now. WWE, y'all need to step up your little fuddy-duddy open challenges because this motherfucker... Fifth time in a row he has defended that championship in the main event. Speaking like, that of might needing, be one of the most active champions I've seen. And speaking of needing to step up, last week I spoke about the ratings. And I said that AEW, now is their time to book good because we have two separate shows on two separate channels. The ratings were... At the beginning of their Tuesday, of, of NXT's move to Tuesday, this gave AEW a free Wednesday. They initially scored 1.219 million ratings, 0.44 in the 18 to 49 demographic. 
following week slightly down 1.1 million viewers with a 0.37 in the 18 to 49 demographic now this was the point where i said start doing good booking because if you don't do a good booking you're gonna wind up with a much much lower and here we are 889,000 no longer breaking a million 0.33 in the in the 28 well, I'm sorry, in the 18 to 49 demographic. So basically, they went from 1.219 million to 1.1 million to 889,000. Uh, they went from 0.44 in the 18 to 49 to 0.37 in the in the 18 to 49 to 0.33 in the 18 to 49. They're pretty much right so, back where they were. What it basically right. means is that people tuned in, gave this a couple of weeks, saw that it was full of shit, and now they're gone again. Well, actually, there is a, there is a different reason behind why they dropped so hard this this past week. Oh yeah, because um, I don't know if you're aware, there were actually I believe there was a rare presidential speech going on. Like it was like um, it's usually they're usually during the day, but AEW was up against a presidential speech this past week. I knew there was a presidential speech, but yeah. no one's been able to confirm for me if it was happening at the same time as Dynamite on a Wednesday. That I haven't seen. I saw that yeah, it was happening. Minute, that's the one thing I've been hearing is that one just happened to happen that same day. So that's the only thing I can think of it being. No, because that still wouldn't explain why they dropped from the one point two hundred nineteen million um, to the one point one million. And I even called after that second week that if they continue to fuck up, that that third week was going to leave them hurting. So let's just say, like let's just see what happens. Why the third week dropped so hard. Well, let's see what happens this Wednesday. And then, yeah, then yeah, they'll be then they're, be then they're out of explanations, you know. Like oh, yeah, if that number there doesn't nothing going on this past Wednesday. Because to me, I think it's the shitty booking. Like not everything in this is booked very tightly. There are things I like, but there's a lot of things I don't like. Like NXT's better booked, you know. AEW still has some of the new and shiny, but that's starting to wear off, you know. Anyway, thank God, we're almost done here. I was going to watch Impact, and then I looked at their card, and there's nothing on here to watch, to be completely honest with you, so I just skipped it. I don't it. watch outside of the pay-per-views anymore. They had under siege qualifying match of Jake something. Literally, that's the fucking guy's name. Jake something versus Chris Bay. They had Sam Beal against W. Morrissey, which you know is big cast. They had Taylor Wilde against Kimberly. They had Josh Alexander um, defending his head against Ace Austin with Mad Men Filton. They had... They had uh, Another under siege qualifier match, Brian Matt Myers against Matt Cardona, which was from the pay-per-view, just a fucking rematch. And then Eddie Edwards versus Sammy Callahan, which we've seen like a thousand times. Like these are mostly under siege qualifying matches, but that's a fucking ugly card. Most of these are rematches. You know what I mean? It's like that company's not worth watching every week. No matter how hard I try, one look at the fucking card tells me I have no business here. You at know? this point, I just I will only endure the pay-per-views. And I really was trying to incorporate them into our program. And I looked at it and it was like, why the fuck would I watch any of this? You know? Yeah, it's nothing there. Yeah, no, there really wasn't. And it's like if you, it's like it's like we've been saying every week and I'll keep saying it. If you're gonna don't if you're gonna not have people, don't have crowd noise. NXT UK doesn't have people. No crowd noise. Triple A, no people. No crowd noise. Why do you have crowd noise? That's a good question. Anyway, let's move on and get rid of, rid of SmackDown and Raw so I can get the fuck out of here. Six-man tag match was one of the main things in here. Bailey and the Dirty Dogs against the Street Profits and Bianca Belair. Finish being the springboard splash. Actually, let me bring some SmackDown data up on the screen for us so we have our have our props ready. Yeah, they went up um, 
Street Profits go over with their tag team finisher, that spine buster into that a springboard frog splash, basically. Mm-hmm. I don't think which I don't think I've ever seen any. I don't think I've seen anybody else besides Montez Ford use that as a springboard. Normally he does it off the top turnbuckle, though, doesn't he? Yeah, which is funny because he gets the same amount of height, which is crazy. That's what you you read my mind when I watched this. That guy's ta- look at this. He does he does the fucking height off the off the ropes. I rewinded this like about ten times. No exaggeration. I was like, wait a minute. Screaming agony, and there it is. The anointment tag made top the rope from the heavens. Crazy. With no spring, he gets the same amount of height. That other guy better worry about that because, like, what do you do? You're the third wheel now, my friend. As long as he's there, he do he does more than the fucking dirty dogs or the top dogs or the jobbers or whatever the fuck they're called this week. The job dogs. <laughs> the job dogs. It, Angelo Dawkins doing just fine because he's not in that shit team. Yeah, we get the million three match of Tamina and uh, Natalia. Against fucking Nia and Shayna. Which I love how, like, Shayna Baszler went from two-time NXT Women's Champion, who was the most dominant thing in that company, to now she's just beatable. But then again, hey, it's the main roster. A completely defeatable freaking character, yeah. Uh, Apollo and Big E have a... Was, was, this wasn't a rematch, was it? Yeah, this was an IC title rematch. Okay, so I guess Apollo's keeping it. Oh, yeah, but Big E beat him via DQ. Yeah, short and sweet run for Big E's title match, no matter how you how you look at it, you know. Roman has new music. About fucking time. It took forever. Let you guys hear a little bit of this here. So Roman has his match against Daniel Bryan. And you know what that means? That means it's time for fucking Roman to give up that title. Right? Nah, right? Not at all. No, not at all. No, I didn't there, think there, so. there, There's no crowd to hijack the show now. So. Yeah, nah. Instead, they hijacked the career. But no, Bryan said that he felt disconnected from uh, wrestling at WrestleMania. I, I think yeah. he might be done. Yeah, he didn't even want to be in that match. Yeah. So that might be it. Um, I know they moved him over to the alumni section after spoiler alert, he lost. Which here's where they ruined that whole match for me. Mm-hmm. If you're gonna if you're gonna do this, this is how you do it. Roman Reigns versus Daniel Bryan. Daniel loses his career is over. Not SmackDown career is over. If you want to actually add some intensity to it, you tell me his career is over. So in other words, I don't know that he's gonna show up on one of the other two shows. You're yeah. literally telling me, okay, when he loses this match, just keep watching on either Tuesdays or Mondays. You'll see him again. 
There's a chance they might just do something if they come to an agreement or if they already have and we just don't know. I don't care. They're not that smart. Yeah, we'll have to see what happens there. But yeah, Daniel Bryan's career is over at the end of this match. Cesaro shows up. Maybe Cesaro gets his push after all. And now Cesaro. Oh, and an uppercut driving Reigns into the barricade. You can stop push after all. So Daniel Bryan is done. And of course, all the chaos ends with uh, Jay tying up Cesaro in the ropes. And of all things, a concerto mm-hmm. to send off SmackDown. Yeah, very weird. Considering there's no edge there. Right. And then we get a message from your tribal chief. I like this. Already putting in the work. Just a few hours removed, Saturday morning. Last night I achieved greatness once again. As I'm hitting this cardio, I'm sitting here thinking, the whole world should be thanking me. Daniel Bryan, you should be thanking me, bro. For two different reasons. I'm a man of my word. I did what I said I was going to do. And not only did I give the audience what they need, I got rid of you. I'm driving us forward. I'm taking care of the future, getting rid of the old. I gave you what you wanted. You made it clear. You was looking for that new door. What better way to go through the new one when the old one hits you right in the ass, and that's why I did. I closed this door on you, so. We're gonna live this show up and win mantra. We're gonna keep putting the work in. And next Friday on SmackDown, not only do I expect you to acknowledge me, and no, I'm not talking to you, Daniel Bryan. We're done with you. Go have fun, be a dad, save the world, hug a tree, whatever you wanna do. To the WWE Universe, I mean, some of them call you that. To me, you're mine. You're my audience, you're my people. Not only are you gonna acknowledge me on Friday, you're gonna thank me. I see you in a few. What a nice man. Right? Because it was my favorite line in the whole thing. Wrote it down, hug a tree, whatever you wanna do. Oh. That was my favorite line in the whole thing. Like, damn, bro. SmackDown was down. 1.923 million views, still higher than everybody else. 0.5 in the 18 to 49 demographic. Um, when the week before, they were at 2.415 million views. So they went back down from that. <sighs> and that brings us to Raw, which last week, because we won't know this week yet, they did 1.77 million views with a 0.49 in the 18 to 49 demographic, which was down from the 1.907 million views they did a week before that. And then, of course, WrestleMania 37 week, they did 2.26 million views. Everybody's once again below the 2 million viewer mark. You want to talk about Raw? Talk about Raw. I don't got much to say. <laughs> you know what the bad part is? It was literally these businesses fucking usual. No, I mean, God, some... Uh, some... So AJ, I know it started with AJ and Omos versus Woods and Kofi. Yeah, which of course AJ going over with a uh, AJ and Omos going over via phenomenal forearm. So congratulations, guys! You didn't manage to give us a month without the tag team champions. Mm-hmm. Kofi did that trust for AJ. Barely got any of him. Man, he's gonna kill himself yeah. out there. <laughs> I saw that and I was like, "Yo, he ate every bit of the floor." 
Yeah, we were talking about how that shit always looks scary. Usually you know? everybody catches them, though. <laughs> I don't know what happened here. Because it always looks like there's that shot, you know? It always looks like there's that possibility he's not going to get fucking caught. But then again, usually he hits on like three or four people. So you might want to stick with you. want to stick that to a crowd move, Kobe. Mm-hmm. So what else happened? Uh, yeah, let's see. We had uh, the women's tag titles on the line. We had what? Naya and Shayna against Ravishing Glow. I think they call themselves Lana and Naomi. And Why is that their just, name? What? Just to combine their names like that. Like, why let that be their name? Because that's what Ravishing they do. Glow. That's, that's what they do. They're not creative. Come on now. <laughs> I didn't catch that they caught them that sh- that they called them that shit. Oh, you know they did. I've I've heard them call it at least a few times. Yeah, I don't listen to commentary. They're, they're oh, what's so funny is they don't even do it every week. That's what's so funny about it. But uh, <laughs> yeah, but of course because we just can't give Lana anything. Lana gets choked out by Shayna and the tag champs retain. Mm-hmm. And then the turd is. Let's not forget Charlotte. Bunch. Didn't didn't before that Charlotte Flair go up against Dana Brooke? Yeah, and then what's so funny? This is what killed me because I I can't remember what what um site I saw posted on Facebook, but it was literally described as Charlotte Flair complains her way into the WrestleMania Backlash match. Yeah, she got inserted into the into the match, so it's going to be another triple threat in case we don't have enough of those. And then they did the same storyline with Sonya Deville getting upset. Uh, well, Adam Pearce getting upset because Sonya Deville went into business for herself, and then just like last week, she explained that she had a last minute decision to make and that he wasn't around. It's like motherfucker, do you have power? Bitch reverses if you have a problem. And it's just for me, it's not a good look that whereas I could give a fuck about Braun Strowman, but he had to win his way into his three way. And Charlotte just gets to come on here, cut a promo, like three way. Yeah. A lot of this is the same shit over and over again. Damian Priest once again has a match against John Morrison with the Miz there. I feel like that's the only people that they fight. Everybody fights the same person over and over again for the same reason, over and fucking over again, man. But then, of course, the turd in the punch bowl of life, Eva fucking Marie's coming back. That so should be an indication and- to you guys of just how out of touch they are with the entertainment process at this point. They fired. You took the words I was ever going to say. They fired, they fired all of that Mickey talent. James, Chelsea Green, Samoa Joe, and they gave us back the bitch who couldn't do anything. Anything. And that's the. See, this is the reason why I'm on here. I didn't even like you. You guys saw how tight my program was for this entire four hours. There's no question about my ability to write a tight program. That's how come I didn't fucking bother for the raw part. I'm not bothering. I don't care. They don't deserve me to write a tight program and then at the end go into explicit detail on their shit. Fuck them. They're out of touch. They fired Mickey James and a bunch of other talented girls like Peyton Royce and Billy Kay. And they brought in Eva fucking Marie. I'm not interested in sitting here and talking about this. You know, that's why I gave the whole segment of Deathman. You know, I, I, I wrote the whole fucking... Which they're the, basically, the, it looks like they're giving her like the fucking Emelina shit and now it's evolution yeah evolution my ass yeah like I'm, I'm gonna tell you something right now i'm calling this in the air if that bitch does not come back and fucking put a will osprey alt level match on fuck raw you know she's not going to oh of course yeah so be ready to say fuck raw <laughs> like, so Mansoor officially signs his raw contract and then sheamus comes in to bully just because sheamus is like a weird bully now he's just like an asshole bully he just walks around being a no reason bully which you is know, so funny uh, that we have a Darby Allen who's putting his title on the line every week. This motherfucker's had open challenges and doesn't even put the fucking belt on the line. Mm. Remember when? Remember when champion used to be credible back then? What happened? 
Yeah. He took it off a riddle for this. Cedric Alexander and Shelton Benjamin have a match against Lucha House Party where and they lose. Job and break up. They lose, and then Cedric basically calls Shelton a piece of shit and an old piece of shit that's not young like him, and then just he abandons said he's him. In his prime. Well, compared to Shelton, he is. Yeah. You know, Shelton's the guy they never wanted to push ever. No matter how good of a match this guy had, they always went out of their way to not push him. Yeah, no? So, of course he's going to be the fall guy in this. Andrew Garza has a rose, and Drew Gulak approaches him, and then he basically kind of mocks the rose, and Gulak explains he's going to shove this rose up his ass later on in their match, which gives us Drew Gulak versus Andrew Garza. And then, he, of course, Garza goes over, and then he basically shoves the rose up his ass. And he puts the rose in the back of his tight and PKs the shit out of him. This was the only thing on Raw that made me laugh. Yeah, Raw does and three hours. When I grew up, it was Raw as war, and now it's Raw as anal. (laughs) (laughs) I can't write that down. God damn it. Yeah, you could. We didn't curse. Yeah, fuck it. Go for it. Because they can translate Raw is ass. Pretty good. Yeah, pretty fucking. Yeah, there you go. But yeah, just let that settle in, people. In a three hour show, a three three second window of time of a man getting a rose put in his ass and then kicked through it. But no. Only thing, a about, three only thing that made me laugh. show. A three-hour show. <laughs> so, basically, what else happens in this? Oh, right, right, right. So, uh, freaking Elias and I believe Riker want to throw tomatoes at the New Day, right, to get revenge on them? Yeah. And they this was fantastic. Them. They wind up hitting Randy Orton. When the screen pans away, it's Orton who's standing covered in tomato. And then freaking Riddle happily scoots past. Oh, yeah, strike that. Two things that made me laugh because this Randy Orton Matt Riddle duo makes me laugh. Which, by the way, apparently Orton wanted to work with Riddle. Yes, I know. So, Orton, yeah, Orton actually wanted to do this angle, which that's actually that tells you something about Riddle. Yeah. And then Randy and, Randy and Riddle against Elias and Riker, which obviously they go over. He yeah. basically, Orton hits Elias with a backbreaker and then the draping DDT. Riddle hits the tag, floating bro. Randy hits Riker with the RKO for the win. Babu. I heard somebody once um earlier in the week compare this to like Kane and RVD, where it's like you have like the dangerous, like serious person and like, the guy who's kind of like funny and goofy. Yeah, it could work that way. Don't fuck it up. Mansoor has his match against Sheamus. Um, Which ends in like a DQ, I believe, because fucking Humberto Carrillo comes out and then gets his ass kicked. He attacks... Uh, he attacks Sheamus, thus making uh, freaking Mansoor lose his first match when you think about it. His yeah, world debut is, match. Oh Wasn't that the guy who was undefeated, or am I thinking of another guy? Mm-hmm. Yep, yep, that's the guy on 205 who was undefeated that they brought out for the Saudi show that they kept him undefeated because they, they wanted to They kept undefeated all happy. this fucking time, and then they finally bring him to his debut match in Raw, and he loses because Humberto's angry at Sheamus. But that's how you work the street. Oh, it was a DQ. Mansoor won by DQ. No, shit. No, Sheamus won. You broke the fucking streak on a stupid thing. You built that streak up quietly that no one knew about quietly, and then you fucking had them lose because it's nothing to do with anything. You know know how they're going to spin it, dude. You know know, know how they're going to spin it, right, Rick? How's that? They're going to go, oh, he wasn't pinned or submitted. And it wasn't even 205 Live. It was main event. That means the main event has better booking than fucking Raw. Anyway, you get Alexa's playground, and it's stupid. She's focusing on that fucking doll. Worse than Sister Abigail. Worse than Michael Jackson. 
I don't even care. I don't even care. It's too much of a buildup. I don't need four or five of these. She did one, and that's good enough. Get the fucking story moving along. These are not that good for you to keep doing them over and over again. They're beating into the fucking... This isn't like the Chian Sha thing where at least it was different each time and it actually was interesting. This is the same shit. I don't want to hear her stories anymore. You know? They look at even something that Lucky Bliss was good at. They fuck it up. And yeah, like you said, the Raw Tag Team Championship. Nia and Shayna against uh, freaking Naomi and Lana. With Shayna going over. Um, Bobby Lashley has a match against uh, Braun Strowman with... Uh, and Drew McIntyre as well, right, is in this match. Yeah, Drew uh, came out with the ringside. Yeah. And, uh, yeah, basically, Lashley spears Braun for the for the win in this, right? Yeah, because Braun goes is out this... to do his stupid choo-choo spot, runs into Drew, and he and Drew get into a shoving match, and Braun's getting pissed like he's, in the, like he's the victim in this shit, and then, yeah, dumbass got speared. Mm-hmm. And then, freaking... Drew claimed cars Lashley and next week we're getting Lashley and Drew. Which is all horrible. It's all horrible. Just saying that Raw doesn't fucking care. Monday, it's more like dread now at this point. Raw doesn't fucking care. Like at all. They had the nerve on top of all the bad things they did to play a fucking Eva Marie trailer. I'm telling you, like at this point, it, yo, Eva Marie shows up. I just put my vote in now that we just stop coming raw. Why well, change? It's I almost more or less out. did stop covering it. Like I said, I didn't put much effort into this one just because like, like, I'm not fully painted. They're not taking themselves seriously enough for me to give them my full attention. At, at this point, we need to just stop the fucking weeklies of SmackDown. Because at least because SmackDown is the last time anything relatively interesting happens. Like they're spitting in people's faces Monday after Monday after fucking Monday. <laughs> you get, they always throw that thing out there. Oh, the longest episodic television show in history. Yeah, The Simpsons could have done that too if The Simpsons just ran the same episode and just put a new number on it. Yeah. I can't argue with you there, man. Holy shit. It's a fucking rerun every week. Like it's a, Keep the same notes from last week. Won't shit change. No, it really won't, man. It really <sighs> won't. Like I said, I, I, I stopped putting effort into their stuff specifically. You know, that doesn't mean I won't put effort into the program, but when I got to that stuff, it was like, what am I doing? I don't care about this shit. Anything else you want to talk about for a wrap up here? That's it. Yeah, that, uh, that is it. All right, guys. As always, I know we've been April. It's only we're only three weeks. What are we? Three weeks removed from WrestleMania now. Yeah, we are only three weeks removed. So I know. Well, today, though, tonight makes a month. Okay, so now we're a month. I know streaming's been a little slow for the non wrestling related stuff. We're gonna work on that. So stay tuned for other stuff. But that being said, thank you to all of you. Who have hung out for this nocturnal show uh, and stood with us while we went over everything, including Keys Thompson, George V, Stasis Dreams, Willie V2, EB Gamer, Vadither, King Quest, Christian Pre, Six Slayer, Saint Clinton, uh, Come Tunes, Vidither. And of course, all of you that have been listening across all of the various podcast apps, including iTunes, Stitcher, TuneIn, SoundCloud, iHeartRadio, Google Podcasts, and various other ones, as well as TalkBrunch.com, and as well as the video apps of Twitch.tv slash TalkBrunch and Facebook.com slash TalkBrunch. Ladies and gentlemen, you've been listening to Talk Brunch Live, episode 454, hosted by yours truly, Rick Dara, a.k.a. Captain Brunch. For myself and my co-host Destin Soulglow Frazier, we're out of here. <laughs>